He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute! I know you! Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce... myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it there! You're excited! Feel these nipples! That boy's good! Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Wednesday, June 8th, sunny Louisville, Kentucky. Not too hot, not too cold. It's feeling pretty good out there. It's feeling super. Sounds like the porridge that, uh, what's her, what was her name? Go, uh, Goldilocks Day. Good God, Trevor. <laughs> Goldilocks. <laughs> can't remember that right off the bat. Hey, I thought little bunny Poofoo got beat up, okay? That, <laughs> that was a Golden Trevor moment. When I'm talking about, uh, we were talking about Peter Cottontail. You're like, well, he dies at the end. I'm like, no, no Peter Cottontail does not die at the end of the famous Easter story. Uh, by the way, welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show, uh, a.k.a. TK and Friends. Trevor's now analyzing his Arby straw. He looks uh, shocked. Is it one of those paper straws? Oh, you're not going to like that. You're gonna is that have what a, it is? You're going to go on a rant about this. I feel this coming already. This thing feels weird. What we're, is this? We're here. Not the first time he said that. We're here until uh, 6 o'clock today. <laughs> Hit us up on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. Wednesday, Wednesdays, as always, whether it's in season or out of season, I appreciate the noise there of you dipping the straw into the cup on right this in front of the weird. microphone. Uh, Wednesdays are great text line. Hold on. Wednesdays are great text line days. Uh, whether we're in season or out of season, we want to hear from you today because it, there are a few things going on, but we feel like you guys can direct the, the conversation here. It's always a great text line day, but today especially we want to hear from you. We also want you to go to one of the 75,313 area Thornton's locations. When you do, make sure you've downloaded that Refreshing Rewards app. Join the Refreshing Rewards program. It's going to save you money every time you need to fuel up the pump. It's going to save you money inside as well. If you want to pick up a goodies from inside Thornton's, best gas station to go to if you need food. They've got dedicated employees whose job is solely making sure that they have the best food possible for you. Nice little coffee in the morning, some donuts, little uh, croissant, whatever you want. Thornton's has you covered. Text us from there, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Trevor has uh, brought Arby's into the studio once again. He's got his All Elite Wrestling shirt. This is his uh, his Saturday. He loves Wednesdays. He's all jacked up. You're feeling good today. I'm trying to discover what it is with this goofy clown straw. I, I knew got, this paper I mean... straw was going to be an issue. I knew right when I saw you, <laughs> right when I saw it, I almost said right when I saw you pull it out. I've heard the, the rumor of these, but I've never had You've one. You've never actually used a paper straw. No. It's not. I don't like it. It, 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 it feels weird on my lips. It just looks, it looks Weird. It looks like a. You don't like anything about it. No, it's too short. Now you were blown away by the. This is unusual. I, I'm not. I'm not happy with this. I'm, I'm okay with adding a burger to our menu, but th- this kind of change, I'm. I'm not okay with. This is a. 
Is this enough to derail the Arby streak? No, but it's enough for me to ask for if they have any old straws in the back still, like I'm Elaine trying to find a sponge. You were blown away by the speed today, though. Yes, so that I was. I, I, w- I went there, and there was three cars, and I mean, it was it was Chick-fil-A-like lightning. See, you said this off air, and I was going to bring this up. So you've had, you've had some bad takes on air. I've had some bad takes on air. We've both had a million bad takes off air. The worst take that I've ever heard in my entire life comes from my wife. She is the only person who believes this. I, I, I haven't not found one other person who says this. She thinks the way that they do things at Chick-fil-A, where they have the, you know, the employees come out, they come to the cars, yeah. they don't wait for you to get... She says it's counterproductive. She thinks it makes it slower. No, no. I've never heard anyone be more wrong about something in my entire life. Like, it, Chick- Chick-fil-A's service is a meme. Like, it gets referenced all the time. Like, if only the Chick-fil-A people were in charge of the, you know, the airport security, we'd have nobody waiting on flights or anything like that. She refuses to back down. You think you're stubborn. In the, flying in the face of all logic, all reason, all common sense, she continues to say that the way that they do things is counterproductive. Does, does, Never heard a worse take in my life. Does it not, like, register her that you, you fly through that line? I mean, they go through 12, 20 cars in the time your average McDonald's or Wendy's or, God forbid, KFC takes, like, 15 minutes a car. Here's the deal. She, which how KFC takes that long a car baffles me when everything's I pre-made. Know. I mean, in her mind, if anything takes slightly longer, if she has to wait for anything, she just assumes there's a faster route. She once yelled at me for <laughs> not, what she sees in you. She once, yeah, <laughs> well done. Thank you. She once yelled at me for not getting through a light when there was a car in front of me stopped at the same light. She's like, you could have made that light. I'm like, there's two cars in front of me. <laughs> Swerve around them. I can't drive through cars. That's not the way this works. This is a, unbelievable. But yeah, she just, you know, every parking lot we're in, she's like, there's got to be a faster way. Like, you, you, you got to do this. You got to do that. I'm like, I, I, I can't jump cars. I, I'm not the, uh, the Bigfoot. I'm not the monster truck. I, I find it's hard to believe that someone who I know has the intelligence and, and style and grace to love the American President movie as much as I do. Would have such a bad taste. I mean, she she does love the Chick Fil A food, right? Though I mean, she does. We had Chick Fil A the other night. Yeah, I mean that's okay. That's a given. I mean, you can hate them all, off the off the record. You can hate them for what they do outside, but you gotta love their food. I mean, the Chick Fil A nugget is 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 a gift from God, and they'll probably tell you that too. So I mean, but the service, no. I mean, there's no one quicker and faster. I, no matter what Chick Fil A I've been in anywhere in this country, it is boom, boom, boom. It's right there with you. Worst take imagine. I mean, yeah, that's that's whole, Mary. No, come on, that's See, horrible. You, know, you think she's perfect? Everyone's like, oh, how did she end up with a guy like you? Then you hear some takes like this, you're like <laughs> starting to get it a little bit. I'm poor decision maker. I mean, I'm amazed you're still with her. <laughs> I'm a little, a little shocked. <laughs> the text line already having fun. The I mean, the it feels weird on my lips and it's too short. Was I mean, low hanging fruit for the text line and they jumped right on it. And it's all like it's it's goofy looking. Like it's not even just like a regular like you know solid colored straw whatever i mean it's red and white striped it's like i'm like i'm hitting a hitting an iu player or something i mean it's, it's, what is this it is candy stripes yeah this is one of those things where i feel like you have everybody has that line where you recognize that something may be good for the environment or good for people and you just can't Ain't that good you just can't bring yourself to like mine's air conditioning i i recognize that it's not good for my carbon footprint not good for the world there's no better feeling than on a hot summer day walking into your house and just having just getting blasted by the AC. It, it feels incredible. It's, it's awesome. It, that's the smell of summer. I can't give it up. Like we went to Italy and it was like the hottest July in the history of Rome. And they have this thing where like you can't have the the AC above a certain temperature. You can't have a certain amount of appliances going at the same time. It was miserable. I hated it. it what was, was the temperature set at? I, too hot. <laughs> 
That's all I can tell you. <laughs> I couldn't adjust it. That's all I know. It was terrible. What are you like a twelve year old dad yelling at you the thermostat or something? I mean, you. I mean, we couldn't adjust it. Like you, you like quite literally cannot change the temperature. Well, I'm not going to that country. Man, you're at. That's, I think there are a lot of countries that have things that you would just. Screw <laughs> that place. They'd be no ghost. I, I mean, I get, I get all about saving the environment. Yeah, you know, the carbon footprint, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, seriously, is it going to really, like, how many years am I adding to this world that if I don't get a plastic straw? I mean, that's, I mean, it's a little. Do you really tell me paper straws are going to like add like a decade to this 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 world? I don't. I, I don't think so. I knew you were going to be fired up. I, knew, I mean, I knew it was going to get you going. I knew it was going to get you going. I mean, you want me to recycle? Hey, I recycled. I mean, I recycled ton with my mom back in the nineties. Granted, she did it mostly for economic reasons, but that's not the point. Point is, is it was done. I've made my mark in this world. I I, I fertilize the outside with my dogs. I don't need a paper straw. I just took the text line too. The, the ones right before us. The last one that I saw for KRC was, ah, there's MAGA TJ back in time for summer radio. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine what KRC was talking about today. Oh, no. I'm sure they went over like uh, gun control and all that good stuff. Gun control they, with the, the Saudi tour, all that. Yeah. yeah. Isn't the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Congress riot is like hot in the news right now or the, whatever? The insurrection, the January yeah. 6th stuff. Yeah, that's that, that's going why on. Is that, why is that in the news right now? They're just like They're having the hearings about it. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, uh, and G- Jack Del Rio. Do you know what he called it today? He, I know you. He said told me yesterday. He said, he said the I, that was his timeline. timeline. But he had a, uh, he had a press conference today where he got asked about like, would you like to clarify your comments? And he talked about it. It was like, well, they're they they don't do anything to the people who are the riots, but they have a little dust up at the Capitol. I mean, you refer to it as a dust up, which is the funniest thing, like objectively hilarious way to describe I what mean, happened. It's a, I mean, a dust up would be like throwing like water balloons at the front door, or like maybe like spray painting the outside gate. Like it was a riot. I mean, it's a dust up. <laughs> Jack Del Rio, the man who once uh, had his, his star punter sever his leg or sever his foot because he had a brought an actual stump in there to do the chopping wood thing. Which, it was Jeff Lambo or Josh Lambo. Yeah, it was, it, was which, the, it was the kicker, not the punter. The worst part was all their players were yeah. like, they're like, this dude's an idiot. What a yeah. dumb thing! Like this is a, the dumbest thing anyway. And then their <laughs> kicker just severs his toe and is out for the year. I believe he was also the coach in the uh, in that that infamous Jags Saints game when the Saints returned returned the kickoff but missed the extra point. Oh God, was he? Yeah, I know that doesn't is is as goofy as making your punter try to chop wood in the locker room, but yeah, not great. Jags yeah. was a decent coach. Well, Jags and Raiders overall record would indicate otherwise. Yeah, his be- his best year was the year that the Raiders had Derek Carr and they got off, and then Carr broke his leg in the last game of the season. We've got. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at Derek Carr. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. He's, he's he's doing okay. Yeah, he just signed like an eighty million dollar extension. I think I can giggle at your doing well misfortunes. Yeah, we've got. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday. I was talking about this this recruiting weekend. Going to be a little bit higher profile than people thought. There's a five star coming, mysterious five star in the mix. We now are getting the mysterious tweets from coaches and players. I emoji. It's happening again. The whatever the equivalent, like Pete Knox is like the oh here we go like I emoji and I'm not sure if this is directly tied to this. I think you can put two and two together and think that it, maybe it is. But Noble Johnson, the four-star wide receiver who recently included Louisville in his final five, I uh, just tweeted out that he's got a big announcement to make Saturday morning, 11 a.m. He is from Rockwall, Texas, which is where um, uh, Samuel, William, Sam, Samuel Williamson, yeah. also my best friend Weber, lives there, which is kind of crazy. We may get two players from the same uh, from the same small city in Texas where he lives. But he's uh, he's saying Saturday at 11 a.m. Hey, I watched Jojo Rabbit last night, which has Sam Rockwell in it. Okay. <laughs> the stars are aligning. Once again, not the same name. Rockwell and Rockwall are, are two different names. That's okay. Oh, yeah. That was close enough. 
Um, one letter. I mean, come on. Seriously? You're coming at me for one letter? Come on, bro. Noble Johnson, <laughs> speaking of his final five, uh, Louisville, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas, Clemson. Are we about to beat Dabo up for a receiver? Maybe you need to start doing some NIL stuff, Dabo. I'm, he's got to do nil, right? No, he doesn't do it. Jesus doesn't want him to. Oh, there's, <laughs> it's in the Bible. Leviticus. <laughs> Strong takes about NIL stuff. I thought Leviticus was about transfers. <laughs> <laughs> Covers a lot of ground. Which is that older New Testament, by the way? I'm just curious. <laughs> you can guess. Um, he's got, I mean, if he doesn't think his players are getting nil, well, he's... <laughs> It's he's lost. The thing is, it's not a like we're laughing at it. It's not a small deal for Clemson that they're not doing enough when it comes to first of all, not taking transfers is ridiculous. Second of all, not getting as into the NIL game as they should have. Like this could have if they have another quote unquote down season, which for them is a you know a plus season for ninety five percent of the college football world. But if they have yet another season where they're not really in the national title mix, the fans are going to start to get a little bit restless. They're going to start to do what Kentucky fans have been doing. All with Mitch Barnhart about like we're not doing enough with NIL. We're not why is Calipari not adjusting all that good stuff. You're going to see that same thing happen in Clemson, but it's going to be twofold because in college football when you lose that perennial national title contender status, I think it's a lot harder to get back. Oh yeah, and it took them so Easy. long to break. It's so tough to break through, and they're really the one program in the last like 15 years that's been able to go from yeah they're they're pretty good every year to they're competing for a national title every single season and stay there for almost a decade now. Especially to get the consistency that Clemson's had over the last, what, almost 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's where, that's, I mean, you can have your, you know, run-of-the-mill, one, maybe two-year little run and fade back to being a 7-8 win team, which is what Clemson's program pretty much was until the recent yeah. run of Dabo where, you know, they had the Danny Ford title and it was 80, I think 80 or 81. 81, I believe, yeah. yeah. And then you know they were they they stayed around that seven eight you know occasional win nine game season, and and that was what they were they were a, a middle pack program, and they moved up and it wasn't just a one year move up they've been consistent that's the hardest part to do and yeah you let that slide I mean it can take a long time to get back up to that level, I mean I'm assuming Clemson's boosters are like yeah we're not doing nil we're going old school it's still just money handshakes or something because. They've been paid kids forever. I mean, we know they were getting paid. Free massages. Um, I I was going to say, how do you think Deshaun Watson was paying for all those massages in college? (laughs) Couldn't help it. You can't tell me Trevor Lawrence isn't getting Bibles with like $100 bills inside it. I mean, come on. Um, Here's what Noble Johnson, speaking of, since we're on the topic, had to say about Louisville when he was asked about. um, He went to the the Steve Clarkson, Pierce Clarkson's father, the the quarterback retreat, um, participated there, said it was really good. Here's what he said about Louisville the other day. I've got a lot of interest in them. When I came up with my dad, I really enjoyed the visit a lot and really like what they showed me. It's a nice little chill vibe over there. Ooh, yeah. The coaches have chemistry with, with each other, and there's nothing toxic about it at all. Everybody really gets along. He also went on to say, in my opinion, I'm the best receiver in the nation. But off the top of my head, I think I'm probably best at yards after the catch. No one can get as many yards as me. Satterfield is a new di- Diabo. I like that. I mean, it, it, he's, we've got the... What, what was it called? The chill vibe here. Nice little chill, nice little chill vibe over there is how it was phrased. I mean, that's what I look for in a program. When you think Scott Satterfield, you think Cali Chill. <laughs> I think chill vibe. Of all the, of all, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I know I keep bringing this up, but it's of all the mind blowing things that have happened with U of Athletics over the year. Scott Satterfield becoming like the man for the best football players in California is 
seems maybe more, the most mind blowing. Seems more unrealistic than the Minardi incident. The it kind I mean, honestly, I, it kind of does. That wouldn't believe. I, I would if you were to tell me. 50, I guess well, has it been almost fifty? Twenty years ago. <laughs> That you just, I guess I wouldn't know who Satterfield was, but you could probably describe him to me in a pretty good description. I would believe the Minardi, Minardi Hall incident happening before I would yes. believe yes. Satterfield going to California. I mean, think about the biggest criticism we've had with, with this guy over the years, outside of the, you know, just not winning enough in the South Carolina stuff. Like, the, big, the biggest criticism has been, well, he's a lifelong Sunbelt coach, coach. Hmm. Appalachian State lifer. Like, played there coached there as an assistant. His only other experience outside of there was at, at FIU. Never been in a big-time program. Never spent much time out of the South Carolina Appalachia area. He comes here. It's a big city. It's a different vibe. He doesn't really fit the culture. They're not recruiting at a high enough level. All of those things combined a bumpkin. to this offseason <laughs> where we're getting the best players from the state of California, and we're looked at as like the cool school by the West Coast. Chill vibe. Chill vibe. Pierce Clarkson, NIL. Cali swag, Cali to the Ville hashtag. Chillville could not like. I love when we had Keith in, and Keith was talking about, you know, we've heard so long, really since Kentucky started recruiting so well under under Mark Stoops, about the importance of keeping the local players home, and you know, you've got to get not just the guys in Louisville, but out you know out in the state and all this stuff like recruit like we have in the past with Bobby Petrino and even Charlie Strong to a lesser degree, and you know Keith's like, and it's becoming a, a little bit less important now. And I think we're seeing that. I'm like, well, I didn't know that this was a possibility to like have a a, a path, a connection to California. If if we could have been doing this 20 years ago, then hell yeah, I'd be like, let's go get the best players from Cali. For screw with like, like the the two star wide receiver from Moore. No disrespect, Moore, but like you know, we don't we don't need that kid if we can get the the third best receiver in the country who's lighting it up at St. John Bosco in California. I mean, our recruiting base until now was like pre Lewis and Clark. Like we didn't know anything was beyond the Mississippi. Kind, kind of. I mean, we were. I mean, we were going. I mean, not nothing wrong with Florida. I mean, but we went from taking the second tier, the second level players in Florida, and looking for the diamonds in a rough, to just taking the best out of Cali and. This was sort of a thing that I think we thought was going to transpire. Something like this when we made the move to the ACC. Like we can recruit a different caliber of player now. It's not just the old thing where you try to get the the be- the flashes in the pan locally, the best players who just are in your backyard and can help you build your program. You keep them home, and then you go and you get the guys from Florida who said uh, who weren't good enough to play at Miami or FSU or Florida, or the guys that from Mississippi who weren't good enough to play at Mississippi State or Ole Miss, and then you try to hope that they're better than they. You know, we're projected projected to be yeah. and then you coach them up we got superior coaching and they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder and all that stuff yada, yada, and yada. when we made the move to the acc it was kind of like well we should be competing with you know ohio state for some kids in the midwest we should be competing with some of the big schools in florida for the best players in florida and instead we're going out to california and we're competing like we're looking at kids who are like oklahoma leans i'm like yeah we can probably get them I want like if Vince Marrow is the big dog and his like logo would be like the do you remember the logo on the old red dog beer cans? Yeah. That's why I picture for like Vince Vince Marrow is the big dog logo. I can see that. Then Scott Satterfield is like Scud, Spuds McKenzie with the shades on and he got the got the the, the the flower shirt on and that's who he is. He's he's the chill dog. I like that. He's not the bill dog. He's a chill dog. Who who would have thought? No, nobody saw it coming. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, just I don't know why. I just picture him there like a complete like eighties tourist, like, like he's dressed in a Randy like Randy Newman video. Do you think Scott Satterfield <laughs> still uses paper maps when he's traveling around? <laughs> I kind of do. I kind of feel like that's something he would do. He takes them on like a trip. I don't down need no the, GPS. Uh, what's the the, the 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 sidewalk with all the celebrities finger finger uh, handprints in it? 
Oh, yeah. The, the, the Walk of Fame. Yeah, well, that's right. I guess it's the Chinese restaurant. I forget what it's called, but they takes him on there. It's like a recruiting trip. Like, he meets him. That's where he meets him. He's got, he's got just... One of my favorite Hollywood spots right here. Not a lot of people know about this place. Sbarro's? I'm going to go get me an L.A. slice. Yeah, Some tells me that this person doing that would be like, ah, it's my, that's my favorite place right here. L.A. style food, Jack in the Box. It's just... It, it's unbelievable. Like, but here we are. I mean, DeAndre Moore is maybe the he most has a, a, a map of the stars' homes in his house somewhere. We gotta go see John Tesh's house. <laughs> I'm not leaving LA till I see Tesh. We like DeAndre Moore is the most improbable Louisville commit of all time. I say this because one, he was committed to Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was there. Yes. Lincoln Riley then goes to like, the cool program in his backyard. He's an LA kid, LA area. Lincoln Riley goes to USC. Should Fact. be a no brainer. I'm coming with him. No. I'm going to go to Louisville, Kentucky. I've never seen snow in my GD life. I don't care. When I go on my... I'm coming. (laughs) All these kids are coming uh, two weekends from now. It's going to be a big-time deal. Hopefully, we land a couple more recruits out of this. I'm excited to see. If it is Noble Johnson, awesome. If it's somebody else, like, cool that we don't even know about, fantastic. We'll see what happens uh, with this commit that now everybody is tweeting about and saying... Can Can we say he's leaving what L.A.? For another LA, I love that joke. The Louisville area. Did you ever have that back in spring break? Oh, where are you going on spring break? I'm going to LA. I can't think of a, a spring break in between eight, from first grade to seventh. I didn't hear that joke at least once. I used it a million times. I mean, where the hey, people, you know, people say we're the LA of the East. <laughs> the first time <laughs> that joke, and the first time a teacher before Christmas break told me, "I'll see you next year." Mine couldn't have been more blown. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it for a second. That's a good one, by the I'm way. I'm like, this woman's the most brilliant woman in the history of the world. Like, this is this is why she's a teacher. Why has she taught me nothingness good all year long? That's the smartest, most clever <laughs> joke I've ever heard in my entire life. I, my mind will never be the same. And so then I just use it all the time. But you can't you can't replicate stuff like that. No, as a kid. you can't. No. You can't. You can't duplicate that humor. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. Um, Texas says, throughout your radio career, Mike, I always remember you having regulars that listen to our UK fans. My UofL friends and I have never listened to a UK sports radio. Uh, well, maybe a post-game show to hear their fans cry and yell about refs. <laughs> but what do you attribute your strong UK following to? Do I have a strong UK following? Do, I mean, is it because you're just like willing to kind of make fun of Louisville when we're down? Maybe. I, I think that... I mean, some, some, some radio shows won't do that. I, I mean, think there are a lot of UK media folk. UK sports media, especially that like you can't talk bad about UK at all. Like you can't make jokes and like everything about Louisville. Like I'm not afraid to talk about UK being good. I don't like it, but we can call a spade a spade. When they've beaten you three years in a row by a million points in football, um, like gotta call a spade a spade. I think there's something to that. I mean, I I think that I think smart UK fans are looking for smart media, and sometimes there's not a whole lot of it on that side. Yeah, Just saying. Yeah, present company excluded. Present company excluded. Yeah, not necessarily. <laughs> but not saying that's the draw. They're just they're looking. They haven't found it here yet, but we're close enough. We're getting there. I guess we're getting there. Uh, TJ says, "Interesting, you didn't read that entire text." Well, I didn't see the entire text. I just saw the very text. It says, "Ah, there's MAGA TJ back in for summer." Oh, and then it says, I opened up, and Bleeding Heart Lib Roush, too. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I love it. I like uh, how Roush is the Bleeding Heart, but he's also like as, as like big pro-bully as I am. Like this is, Roush is a guy that was shoving kids in lockers, giving wedgies, hanging up their underwear by the, fly, up the flagpole, wet willies, pantsing. People grow. I mean, you name it. We, 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 me and him did it at one point. Well, and had it done to you. Not so much. <laughs> I thought you said you got bullied. 
Nah, really. I mean, I lost a fight or two, but... I, I guess mean, you were just trying to make yourself sound like less of an a-hole. I mean, I was already like 6'3 by the time I got to middle school. I was just saying, when you said that, like, I was, I, was like, yeah. I was like, I don't think... I think you were just trying to, like, cushion the blow of you being pro-bullying. <laughs> no, I mean, I lost a, I mean, I've lost a, I lost a fight and like... I know I lost a oh, bad one in sixth grade. Took on an eighth grader. I took the one first swing, my best punch. And I, he took the step back. You knew you were in trouble right he away. Took, he took a step back, staggered for a minute. Stood right back up and looked at me, and I'm like, ah, oh, bleep. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> uh, I may have lost. That first punch got at least a good back at that one good first punch. You in. got a few good looks in, but I still feel I won the fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's about what it was. Texas, as a UK fan, I started listening when bleep hit the fan for y'all, and it was funny to me. And now I like you, and Trevor's funny. There Thank it is. You. There it is. See, that's fine. That's good. Um <laughs> Texas, do you think the UK fans like the show because you used to root for UK when Tubby was the coach? <laughs> is it because not a, true? Is it because we have a Joker Phillips autographed picture in the studio? Well, it's Joker Phillips and Charlie Strong. Well, yeah, that's let's, true. Let's be real. Let's, okay. let's, let's call space a spade. We have to take a break. When we come back, there's an update on the Courtney Ramey front that we'll get to. Uh, we'll talk about that. I guess I'm sure that will lead us down we another it, right. Well, no, we're, we're, we're going to lead us down another rabbit hole that will result in us spending uh, way too much time talking about this U of O basketball roster. So we'll do that after the break. Uh, that's the Mike Rutherford show here on 1450. And 961. Keep it locked here on the Big X. song ever written. Just listen to this. I'm an ass man. Unbelievable that this, this was written. Imagine the person recording this. <laughs> this. This guy, whoever's singing this, he at one point in his life had aspirations of being, aspirations, of being like a big time, legit rock and roll superstar well no the, well, who, I don't know who performed it but Jim Johnson who did all the music for WWE back in the night he wrote it I mean I'm just, the singer though like this oh, person yeah. I'm sure it may have been Johnson I don't know who he grew actually. up envisioning himself playing sold out concerts <laughs> in Madison Square Garden you know going across the country going on European tours and lo and behold he finds himself 20 years later in a booth Screaming his soul out, saying, "I'm an ass man." Going through the, the life the, was supposed the, to be the different. Things you can do with them, stick them. Apparently, yeah, I love pick them, pick them, stick them, <laughs> anything. Ass man, <laughs> play that song on any summer Friday night. You're gonna have a good time. I just, I love the picture, like the the, uh, the creative meeting. They're like, okay, what can we do with the ass? Well, let's, I've let got it, an idea. No, no bad ideas, people. Just throw out words for me here. Come on. Give them to me. The fact that this guy, <laughs> the fact that that got green-lighted. They're like, no, this is good. This, this, it, it works. You know, the best part, I know I think I've told you this, his sons are in AEW. He's in AEW, and his, both of his kids are as well. And they're the, they're called the Gun Club. But every time they come out, the fans just chant ass boys at them. I like that. <laughs> and then they play it off. They're, they're the heels like, we don't want to hear it. You know, they act like they don't want to hear it. And The more yeah, I hear about AEW, the more I like it. See? <laughs> Everybody's coming around. Um, oh, you're all elite. We already know. I'm in. I'm all elite. They, they got Gangrel. They got Rutherford. That's how it works. I've been saying that for months. 
We, we, we teased before the break. We have an update on the Courtney Ramey front. Uh, Courtney Ramey, the transfer from Texas, one year of eligibility remaining. He's the highest-ranked guard. If you don't count Amani Bates as a guard, he's the highest-ranked guard in the transfer portal. Uh, a lot of talk here locally that Louisville was in, in good shape with him. I said this yesterday. Hasn't been a whole lot of talk nationally that Louisville was in good shape with him. You had a report, uh, I think a couple of nights ago, from like the transfer portal report and a couple of other sort of niche college basketball website saying that Ramey was essentially down to Arizona and West Virginia. We now have a national report coming uh, from On3, Jamie Shaw, who writes for uh, the On3 network. He's the national recruiting analyst. It's behind a paywall, but I, I can tell you what it says. Uh, he is now focused on one school and one school alone. A commitment is coming, and it will be to Arizona. He, well, you didn't have to pay to see that news. Yeah, he's, he's apparently not considering Louisville anymore. Uh, he is focused on Arizona. He will be probably committing to Arizona in the very near future. So, Who's the second best point guard left on the, uh, in the transfer portal? I'm looking at the portal rankings he's soon right to now. Be, he's soon to be the best. He's soon to move up that ranking. You know it's becoming more and more plausible? And I don't know what I'm going to do if this happens. Joey Baker's climbing these charts. <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say that the kid that went from Kentucky to, to, to Texas, Askew, or... I mean, I'd take Devin Askew right now. Are you kidding me? He's available, right? No, he's going somewhere else. He's already committed somewhere Oh, he else. did? I yeah. thought I didn't know he was committed. Okay. I knew he left Texas. I didn't realize he'd already committed somewhere else. Where did he end up going? He's uh, somewhere out west. He, of course he went out west, because that's what all Kentucky players do. He's California. <laughs> he he was from California, though, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter where you yeah. matter day, but it doesn't matter where. If, you, if you're transferring from Kentucky, I said this the other day, you're going to the West Coast. That's how it works. You want to get as far away from there as possible. That's It's 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 the cosmic trade of us taking on the football players from out there. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Can we get some basketball players from out there, please? Well, well, we've gotten our fair share of basketball there's players. There's got to be there. a guard from the Pac-12 that wants to go somewhere else. There's, yeah. there's got to be. Come, well, on, come he, here. He wants to come to a, to a chill place. We've got a lot of minutes for you. So, Courtney Ramey apparently off the board, and this is... It, There's somebody on Arizona staff that their roster that, that he's taking the minutes from, so now we take him? I, I wish. <laughs> I mean, the domino effect? This was kind of... And I was not over the moon about Courtney Ramey. I, I've said it a million times the last few days. He, I think he's a good, not great college guard, but we could really use a good, not great college guard. And I think adding him and Imani Bates was sort of our last hope of being... You know, having a team that potentially could be top 25 good, you know, top tier ACC good. And I, I could totally be wrong about that. That's me just trying to analyze the roster. Maybe some guys take massively forward. Maybe, you know, we keep hoping. Mike James, he could be Russell Westbrook. Who knows? Who the hell knows? That's what we're hoping for at this point. Maybe Bonnie Bates does come here and he winds up showing his, his you know, 17-year-old you know, form. He gets back to being the best player in his age in the world. Uh, that could happen. If that doesn't at this point, without Courtney Ramey and with really not a whole lot of other big time options out there and really not a whole lot of like average time options out there. I feel like we're staring down what could be a, a little bit of a long season. I mean, well, again, this is on the assumption that Bates actually does come here, which is still not, a we given. still don't even, we have no idea what's yeah, going on with Imani I mean, Bates. The fact he pushed it back does make me feel a little worried about him coming here. Not that I'm like waiting on bated breath for him to decide to come here, but Going into the season, if your options are, I mean, what do you think is more likely to be to to come true? We get Bates and he plays closer. I don't want to say to the full potential that he was considered having as a junior in high school, but closer to that than he than he did at Memphis, or Mike James being closer to what we kind of assumed he might be after losing him last year. Boy. I mean, I, I still don't even know what we assumed Mike James was going. All we heard was buzz that he was being like looking good in practice. I've, I, what did Goodman that started that? 
No. Uh, it was he, a writer, wasn't it? it was somebody. Goodman was the one who said the best player that he saw in practice was Mason Faulkner. Oh, okay. okay. Which, <laughs> you know, Jeff, come on. I'm assuming that was a one-on-one practice. I don't know. <laughs> that one did not did not pan out. That He oh. ended up not being the best player on Shocked the team. Shocked that down for a swing and miss there by, by our man Goodman. But there was good buzz around Mike James, mostly coming from the staff. Just you know, He was ahead of schedule, looked better than they thought he was going to look. Now, when you hear chatter like that, you never know if that means – like, hey, he's going to actually play 10 minutes a game off the bench. He might be our third or fourth man off the bench, which because we weren't planning on really playing him at all this year. Or if it meant he's competing for a starting spot or he's in the like right now in the driver's seat for a starting spot. We have no idea. The Mike James mystery will last until we finally see this kid play in an exhibition game or a red-white scrimmage and we can get a little bit of insight as far as how good he is. And look, at this point, we need him to be pretty good. He was a top 100 player, right? When he, like seven, he was in the 70s. He was down there, but, yeah. yeah but he was he top was, 100. Yeah, he was. Um so hopefully he's he's very good. We'll see what happens with the, like I don't know what's going on with Imani Bates. We haven't heard anything from his quote unquote camp basically since the the mid May announcement that he was postponing things until mid June. Hopefully that means good things. I mean I I don't know. Uh, other guards that are out there, the top remaining transfer prospects. Just in case you're wondering, I am. Uh, Keontae Johnson is number two on the uh, Evan Myers list. He was the kid who had the the heart condition, the scary heart moment at Florida. Who passed oh, out the yeah. floor and people were He's worried that he still had playing? still playing. He's got one year of eligibility left. Um, Pete Nance is a big time scorer from Northwestern. I don't know if we've contacted him. Joey Baker now is number four on the list if you take Courtney Ramey off. Um, <laughs> so so the, for the top three is a kid with a heart condition, a kid from Northwestern, and a scrub kid from Duke. Yeah. <laughs> right so, after him is Kerwin so, Walton. I was going to say, curious, who didn't break that top three? <laughs> uh, Kerwin Walton from North Carolina is a good athlete. I would take Kerwin Walton at this point. That right there is the one I would take right now. I know of, the, of those four, I would probably go with him. He's really the only rotational player to leave UNC besides uh, Brady Manick, who had no eligibility yeah, no left. left yeah. And Walton, you know, he wasn't going to fit. They didn't, didn't have a whole lot of minutes for him. I would take him in a heartbeat just because he can shoot it a little bit, and we need guys who can shoot it a little bit. What's his, is he like, How tall is he, like 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, I think that's about right. I mean, I did, I mean I'm, I'm, amazingly, I'm actually asking for a player that's shorter than 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six at this point. We need not, not something need you find for yourself very often. Um, the, the the rest of the list, uh, Devin Air Dutrieve is the the kid from Boise State. He can score. Uh, oh yeah, the fourth string Boise State guard. You were so high. Yeah, uh, Shane Desoni is from Vanderbilt. Who's yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, if he's from Vanderbilt, not named Pippen, move on. He's a former like like he was a decent recruit coming out of high school. He averaged two point four points on like the worst team in the SEC last year. Well, and his I mean, again, in fairness of. Pippen's kid didn't let anybody else shoot the ball. True, but I mean, he did take what like sixty percent of their shots. I think last year. Yeah, he was the whole team. That was, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have a reason to take those many shots, but he took a lot of shots. A lot of the guys that you're looking at, like left in the portal, are guys that were fairly highly touted coming out of high school who just didn't do a whole lot the freshman year. Kind of like Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who we already have. And kind of like Bates already, who we're also looking at. I mean, at least Abani Bates started for a decent chunk of that year, and yeah, and, when they were horrible. Hey. <laughs> He played. He got benched, and they became a tournament team. He didn't get benched. He just <laughs> had a mysterious injury. Yeah, heard you hurt your knee there, there Monty Bates, last week. No, I just got a cold. <laughs> I'm not going to make jokes because we need him to come here at this point. So, um, again, we'll we'll. Uh, I I think that we'll be fine moving forward. Like this is not panic time for me on Kenny Payne as a whole or the staff as a whole. I don't no, I don't, don't no. want to give that impression, but it is panic time for me as far as this season becoming. Like an overwhelming success story, like like the Kenny Payne having, 
I don't even want to say like the Mike Woodson type season, but Indiana did go to the NCAA tournament. They did win a game there. I think that would, whether it's a first four game or a first round game or anything, I think most Louisville fans would look at that as a success when you're coming off one of the worst seasons in the history of the program. But I think that that hope, you're putting a lot of stock now at this point in guys who are key parts or not key parts of that terrible team from last year just becoming significantly better. And I think you're also hoping that the the added stability, the no off-the-court distractions like you had last year, and hopefully superior coaching are going to make that much of a difference. I think you saw, like, I was surprised that the 2017 team, Chris, or the, the 2019 team, I should say, Chris Mack's first team was a seven seed. I thought they were going to struggle to make the NCAA tournament, but there were reasons to believe that it was possible. Like you knew we, we'd seen enough from Jordan Wara to know that he had the potential to be like an all ACC caliber player. Yeah. We saw him light it up for the, the Nigerian national team and the, the FIBA tournament that summer. And even when he played limited minutes in the David Padgett season, we knew he could score. It was a matter of like, is he going to be able to you know, play defense well enough to stay on the floor? And, and he, he kind of did. They good enough. We thought like the big question mark for me with that team was: Is VJ King going to return to form? Like, is he going to be the player we thought he was going to be coming out of high school? And I thought that had to happen if we were going to be an NCAA tournament team. It didn't happen, and we still were because we had guys like Kristen Cunningham who came in and they were markedly better than we thought they were going to be. Dwayne Sutton stepped up his production significantly. Ryan McMahon moved into a, a primary role. Uh, Stephen Enoch got a whole lot better. Enoch, I thought was a big one because he special. For sure, yeah, yeah, you didn't. I liked Enoch. Yeah, I did too. Like we had, but like all those things had to happen in order for that team to be good. I think this year you look at this roster. Like Sidney Curry has to be the guy that he was at the end of last season offensively. He has to get markedly better on defense. We need L. Ellis to become more of a stable force. We need that. We need that scoring. He, I mean, he can get you twenty points in a hurry. We have to have that as well. But he's going to have to be more of a consistent player. I mean, he's also going to have to play like forty minutes a game at this point. So, um, yeah, this, this is two years in a row we're going into a team with so many question marks about this roster. Yeah, we got no idea. We have no idea now. Like Roosevelt Wheeler, you barely saw him play. Brand Huntley Hatfield didn't do much at Tennessee last year, but wore, like loads of potential. The only thing you can maybe at least hope for is that just. This year, this, this upcoming year doesn't in, result in the same way this last year did with all the same mysteries going into the roster. For sure. I mean, I, obviously, I think you. The main, I don't think it would, but if you have hope for this season, and I saw Nick, interesting, like like Nick Coffey did the same poll that we did a few weeks ago, where it was which is more likely this year: football team winning seven games or basketball team making the NCAA tournament? Nick ripping us off now? Or something? I, I mean, it's it's an obvious topic. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he got it from us. But I'll let it slide, Nick. This time we love you, Nick, yeah. and I don't think he got it from us. But it's a it's a good topic to have. <laughs> but like our results were more, I think NCAA tournament it was like fifty seven to forty two. Something along those like fifty-seven point three to forty-seven point seven. It was yeah, it wasn't a blowout, but it was obvious. But it was yeah. a solid. His almost the exact same margins, but in the opposite way. I I think what what you're seeing happen is a lot of people, even like as every day goes on that we don't add to this roster. I think you're seeing people who just kind of assumed, yeah, we'll get guys. Like we're we're gonna have players that are good enough. Trust in KP. They're kind of seeing all of these guys that we thought we might have a shot at coming off the board, and I think you're seeing more people who are like, eh. The roster's not looking great. I mean, we've gotten guys. We're just well, we uh, haven't in a while. I mean, well, I mean, we've been sitting at nine for a long time. I, here. I, I know that, but it's I mean, June eighth. We we did. I mean, yeah. I mean, we maybe we 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 you know we we went a little too much too early, but you know we we did we have gotten recruits. Unfortunately, it's just none of them have like filled one position. Well, when I when I said we're going to get guys, 
and that was the discussion like three weeks ago. It was all talk about the transfer portal because we knew like there's nobody from 2022 coming now. Like everybody's spoken. No, we've there. gotten what's left of the best of that. We got one guy, yeah, Devin Ree. We signed Kamari. There's a lot of them left, but we got it. I mean. But like when Huntley Hatfield signed pretty quickly after taking his visit, there was this notion that we're going to get guys on campus. We're going to get them like inked up. We're, we're going to be good. Like we're, we're good to go. We'll have these four scholarships taken in no time. And we haven't had any of those four scholarships taken. And now the options that are out there are becoming increasingly limited. So, I, I mean, if you're, if you're KP though, I mean, for all we know, it's not that we can't get, you know, the third string guy to Northwestern, despite we need a guard, he could be being a little more picky about it and not wanting to just use up a scholarship for multiple years that but that's the problem like he was picky for a while if that's what happened he was picky for a while and now all the good players are gone and now you have to get the third <laughs> the third like string guard from well, Northwestern well I mean that's, yeah, I mean there was the limited amount of good players that were still out there I mean there was what maybe three or four names that outside those names that no. at least at the guard position there were there was like a, a plethora there, there, there were a lot of guys out there that have gone to big time programs we just didn't get any of them well, I mean, you had you had we you had uh, Hunter, you had the uh, the two the the Missouri State kid, you had. Uh, I mean, I, we don't need to reel off all the names. But those are the only three I know off the top of my head that we really talked about as being like because those are the only three that we were in the mix for. Like okay. other other guys just went to like Duke or Kansas. Like the McCullough kid from Texas Tech went to Kansas without yeah. a second thought well, about not, it. Well, you can't get kids out of Big Twelve. I mean, we it, know that it, now. It, most incestuous conference in America. <laughs> I mean, we know. Although, although Courtney Ramey now is going to Arizona, so that kind of uh, eliminates that well, talk. Well, who's to say that the geography program at Texas isn't very good? But you and I <laughs> talked about this yesterday. It was like Ramey is the exact type of kid going into this whole offseason that I thought we were going to really struggle to get. The kid who only has one season of eligibility left, who is probably seen his like like maybe still harbors the hope of being an NBA prospect, but knows that he's not going to improve his draft stock dramatically in his fifth year of college basketball. He's kind of a known commodity at this point. Mm. The guy who just wants the best possible last college season, wants the NIL money, wants to play at a big time program, wants to play deep in the NCAA tournament. And Louisville is in a position where they can't guarantee that they're going to be eligible for the NCAA tournament. Now, Arizona is kind of in that same spot. Um, I don't know what their timeline is for the IRP. I mean, who the hell knows what the RP is doing? But Arizona's certainly caught up in this, and there's at least an outside shot, probably a smaller shot than Louisville has, that they might get a postseason ban. But hey, they're getting kids. Kansas also got a bunch of kids too. So, like, I, Kansas at least is coming off a national title. Arizona's coming off a great season. Yeah, we won 13 games. We did, but also like you know, Kenny Payne, the excitement, all that good stuff, NIL money. It's clearly helping us in football. I'm again, I'm not out on. I'm not. I'm not worried about kp long term the buzz the all the good stuff that's happening with the 2023 class and the 2024 class is what we expected to happen and so far it's what has been happening but for this first team yeah i I think there's i don't think you're a bad fan or you're a a kenny Payne hater if you're kind of saying like we've got nine players it's june 8th and the roster we have right now doesn't look like it's going to be top half of the acc good i mean right now what the roster level has What's your realistic expectation for the season in terms of like when I don't want to say exact win total, but let's say nothing below five hundred. I, I mean I don't know. Like I, I, we've got one guard. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't that be the expect? I mean, you should you, you should expect to be above five hundred Louisville year in and year out, regardless of the question I would hope mark so. of the of the roster. I would think. I would hope so, but I mean, it's not just the whole like L. Ellis is the the only guard we have because I get that Mike James can play the two a little bit. I get that if Imani Bates comes here, he can play the two a little bit, but. I mean, we've had what five under five hundred seasons in my lifetime. Not many, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've had you had. The, Has there been had, that many? Two under Denny. 
Yeah. He had uh, the, the, what was it, one with Patino, I think? Patino was never under 500. He was only, because he was just barely over. Okay, so two, at, and then the, this last year, yeah, this was the this three. Was our, this was our first under five hundred season uh, before since Denny's. Last That's season. three losing seasons since at least before Denny got here in nineteen seventy two. Yeah, it's it doesn't happen often, nor should it. Yeah, and so I, I don't think saying that a five hundred record or better should be out of the realm of crazy, regardless of the question marks around about the coaching staff in this in this roster. I don't think it is either. But if you're like we're saying this as Louisville fans, and if you're an outsider writing a preview of Louisville right now, you look at this and you say, well, they went 13-19 and 19 last year. They've got nine players in the roster right now. Six of those are from that team from last year. How good can those guys really be? And the pieces that you're adding in are Kamari Lance, who, don't get me wrong, should be a, I think is going to be a really good college player, but he's not like a five-star, one-and-done type talent. Right. And then Devin Ree, who's a back-end, top 100 kid. Similar boat. And then Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who averaged like four points a game at Tennessee last year. A lot of talent. Like, don't get me wrong, I think all three of those guys can be really good players. But if you're looking at this objectively, if you're a national rider trying to preview Louisville, there's nothing on there that says they're going to be markedly better than they were a year ago. Unless just all these guys were, you know, tainted so badly by the Chris Mack era and the lack of coaching and the lack mm-hmm. of whatever that they're going to be just incredibly, like, they're just so far leaps and bounds above what they were a year ago, which is certainly possible look, and is look. what we hope as Louisville fans happen. But if you're nationally and you're just trying to look at this from a pure objective standpoint, you probably don't predict that to happen. Well, I mean, if you think it's not possible, I'll give you a prime example just here in our backyard, just a different sport. Look at the 18 Louisville football team compared to the Satterfield's first year. That was a team that was not, I mean, not to, yeah. we like to make fun of Dabo saying they were the best two and 10 team or whatever. He wasn't completely wrong. I mean, that was a team that, you know, that team. And, Should have been much better. Yeah, if they don't give up on the staff, the staff doesn't give up on them. And I'm not saying either one are right or wrong about who gave up who and who gave up first. But, I mean, that that was a team that was a probably a 10-win team with a good coaching staff. Yeah, I think no, that's. No disrespect to Satterfield only won eight games with it, but still. That's the perfect comparison to make is. Because that's the hope that we hold on to. And you look at yeah, last year this was a complete. I mean, not saying this team wasn't like, a, not that there wasn't a void talent on this roster because there was, but they did clearly did not play as well as they probably could play on a regular basis. Because you look at just the Duke and North Carolina games in losses in general. I mean, you could see that sure. these were better teams. Uh, they should these weren't consistently. I think you look at because the big offseason discussion going into that 2019 Scott Satterfield's first season was. You know how much of what happened in 2018 was the players just weren't good enough, and how much of it was the coaching staff checked out, and it was just a total all systems failure. And I'll, per, like, I can admit, like I thought it was, I thought it was everything, but I certainly did not think the players that we were bringing back were good enough to go to a bowl game in year one or Satterfield. I didn't. I thought that best case scenario is we go five and seven, we're competitive, we look good, and that team they end up going seven and five in the regular season, they win their bowl game. That's what you hope happens this year is you say well we just haven't seen the real LLS we haven't seen the real Sidney Curry we haven't seen the real JJ trainer we haven't like we're going to finally get a taste of, of exactly how good these guys can be because they're in a better scenario better situation now than they were for the last couple of years and then you have to hope like Brandon Huntley Hatfield is just a superstar and we do get a couple of guys to fill out these final roster spots who can score a little bit who can shoot a little bit um, we, you have to hope you find like a Kristen Cunningham who was a career like 28% three point shooter and then just shot 41% from three or whatever it was when he was in his one season here you need stuff like that to happen if you're going to have this that pendulum swung the other way before, didn't it? <laughs> how much do we sell our soul, souls for that one Kristen Cunningham season <laughs> yeah, we're going to give you that but, but the next four guys you have that you know, it was 50% on our 
not going to shoot in the 20s. But you need things like that to happen if this is going to wind up being an NCAA tournament team. Because I'm going to tell you right now, unless we add, like, unless a, a game changing player becomes available and we add him, just adding Imani Bates is not going to be good enough for anybody to be predicting going into the season that we're going to be in the NCAA tournament. We're not going to be in any of these bracketologies. We're going to be picked to finish like eighth, ninth, tenth in the ACC. It's going to be a lot of bulletin board material. That's just the way it's going to be. Good though, right? Maybe. Hey, perfectly fine with me. It reminds me of again Chris Mack's first season where they were picked like like ninth in the ACC and he printed it out and put it all over the. Like you want expectations to be as low as possible from the national standpoint to motivate these guys. Like they should be able to motivate themselves after what they went through a year ago. But if they can't, look at how little the rest of the country thinks of you. That's I think the best possible scenario for year one under Kenny Payne. We'll see what happens. Like that's uh, you know, it's get us a guard. <laughs> somebody come here and play guard. Bottom line. Bottom line. If you, I mean, somebody just, who can dribble a basketball, can, please come here without looking down. We. I don't want LLs to die. I'm. I'm getting genuinely concerned about his health at this point. He can't. <laughs> he can't play 40 minutes every game. Yeah, I mean, if he when he comes out of games right now at this point, like who would like is Mike James going to run point? Would you have JJ Trainer at the two? Like who would even play point? I mean, maybe Rear or Lands. I guess Kamari Lands would be the best, like, and he's more of a small. He's, he's a natural small forward. I mean, they're both at least those two, and, and James are like, like you could. They're like they're like legitimate, like two three size. I yeah, I guess. Like, and the only reason we need a backup point. And guard. you know, sadly, the only reason I'm going with those three is my top options because all the other ones I've seen them dribble. Yeah, and I mean, I, I sure as hell don't want Withers out there like dribbling them off the field court. I mean, I'd rather have Malik Williams come back and dribble up the court. Okay. <laughs> I mean, unnecessary strays caught by. I mean, Dre, I'm, I, well, Dre Davis, I think, was planned on being the backup point guard, you know, because of what we talked about in the show, but then he left. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about the. I don't know if you saw this list of the highest rated basketball games Bring this Greg season. Brad Colbert. Brad, hey, he might, he might be coming back. Did he? Did he go? Did he transfer? He's in the transfer portal. I think he might be coming back. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we're also going to have Les Pollard. He's going to come on to talk about uh, high school football officiating. They need officials right now, not just at the high school level, but the grade school level as well. He'll talk about that at about four fifteen. And also, we got to talk about Trevor's bat streak. Did it continue last night? Oh, you baby. can find out quickly. But we'll talk about how it happened coming up. All that and more in hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show. It's on the way next here on fourteen fifty, the Big X. Your ass better call somebody! Are we just doing DX today? You nailed it. No, I thought I, I figured it was just like gonna be like WWF. Oh, you didn't know? It's a DX day. The sad thing is, I told you a few months ago. I think we talked about it on air when I like. I went back and watched like the old the Judgment Day pay per view that was at Freedom Hall that I went to in yeah, freshman yeah. year high school. I could still like when he started doing it when when the Road Dog Jesse James started doing the whole like intro spiel that he always did. I still could do it. I still like in my head. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Like I, I, the whole now thing. I was like, keep oh, going. Yeah. Oh god, I don't know if I could do it or something. Now I'm nervous. 
He still does it, and he's God knows what he's the world wrestling D Generation X and the World Wrestling Federation proudly brings to you its WWF Tag Team Champions of the World: The Road Dog, Jesse James, the Badass Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaw. That's good. You nailed it. And then he hands the the mic to Billy. Yeah, if you didn't, we're down with two words for you. One of life's greatest joys is still doing the DX cross job. Oh yeah. Like if I could do it in any sort of public setting, I'm going to do it. I do. It just feels great. It's wonderful. I, I, just, I do it every time I go to Chick-fil-A. Like, I'm like, thank you for my food. Like, my pleasure. I'm like, my pleasure. And I give them to the DX. <laughs> well, that's, that, that seems a little bit unnecessary. I think it should, should replace the high five. Uh, replace the handshake. By the way, I have a, a straw update for you. Okay. Straw First day. of all, it still sucks. No pun intended. Even though that's such a job. But our intern in here, Jen. Is it Jen or Jenna? Jenna. Jenna. Okay, sorry about that. I was close. I just got halfway there and quit. <laughs> you just blew she, it. She, yeah, there goes. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, she notified me that the uh, during the break that apparently the paper straw movement, which I'm still on the fence about, is not because of the uh, the environment in general, like saving the planet, but it's about saving turtles. Oh, and this this. Is this like when we would cut up the the coke holders? That's exactly what she said. Stuck in them? And she said that the, the the plastic straws apparently like get up the stuck in the turtle's nose, like you know, like they're you know, like they're yeah, like they're Charlie Sheen on the set of Two and a Half Men or something. Can we can, can we take, can we take a moment to point out that yesterday I led the show off by talking about how in one of my dreams you front flipped into a creek yes. and snapped a turtle in half. Once again, the show's parallels between life and things that come up organically in the show never cease to amaze me. Your anti-paper straw, you metaphorically are snapping a turtle in half. I'm killing it. This is this is, and, I've, and on top of all that, insane. what is the one pet I've wanted since day one? You wanted a turtle. I've wanted a turtle. It's all happening. This is weird. I mean, so if I if I get a turtle though and give save a turtle and give it a home, does that kind of like eliminate me from having to keep getting paper straws? Because now is this is going to sound insensitive? And I'm, I mean, turtles really. How do they get a straw stuck up their nose? This is going to sound insensitive. I know the head and nose really. I'm willing to because I'm with you in saying that paper straws suck. They're, oh, they're they, not yeah. fun to use. I don't enjoy it. No, I'm I'm, I'm an hour into the show and it's it's ruining my mellow yellow moment. I'm willing to bear that. Well, I was going to say bear that cross. I probably shouldn't shouldn't say that. <laughs> wow, way to fall under Joan of Arc. <laughs> I'm willing to sacrifice my comfort with plastic straws <laughs> if this is something that's going to aid in us having a planet that exists a thousand years from now. Right? Like I, I'm willing to do that. If this is a little too large of a sacrifice just for turtles. <laughs> well, hey, now wait a minute. This is this is a, a huge thing. Everybody uses straws Raphael, every day. Leonardo, Donatello, and uh, Michelangelo would completely disagree with you on that. We got a lot of species of animals out there. I'm just saying we could lose a few if this turtles. Is strictly turtle specific. <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice my comfort when I'm drinking a fast food soda. I mean, we we could let a few turtles go to the wayside, right? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'm not going to like you know. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? They they get a straw up the nose. We we didn't they turn them into soup. Maybe I work in a, a paper straw like twice a month. But I'm not doing it every day if it's just for turtles. How I many straws do you go? I really don't use any. <laughs> I don't think like, I've ever seen you with a straw ever. I mean, it's a fair point. I had a milkshake the other night from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I mean, granted, you always are drinking. They actually didn't give me a straw. Now that I look back, I had to use one of our own ones from our house. Well, there you go. <laughs> Which I have plenty of, thankfully, I have plenty of plastic straws still at the house. I mean, it was... 
Listen, it was, it was one thing to make me switch from the styrofoam cup to the plastic cup, mm-hmm. which, I mean, because styrofoam cups are just so much more awesome. They keep everything so much chill. I that's disagree. why I, I, I mean, chill like the bill, like like the recruits look at us. I got no problem giving up styrofoam. But now you're going to make me go to plastic cups to paper. Like, I'm doing a reverse. I don't, I want my straws to be plastic and my cups to be like styrofoam. I don't want it reversed. It's all the whole world's against you. It is. We've got that. We're going to talk to Les Pollard about high school Damn officiating turtles. coming up at 415. Let's take a couple of texts uh, from the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450 before we get there. Uh, Texas Mike, I got to know, did you Google Limax? <laughs> By the way, I did. I don't know about you Googling that. I Googled the, I almost texted to you last night, but it was like, I realized it was like two in the morning. The Michael Jordan IMAX movie, it's called like Jordan of the Max came out in 2000. Okay, that would have been because you were like, "What? What is it?" It was a forty-five-minute documentary uh, narrated by Lawrence Fishburne. Okay, um, I didn't Google IMAX. I did Google like the Louisville IMAX. Like, is it different? I did too. They, they, I couldn't find anything. No, they still have, they still have uh, shows there. I know, but this person was saying like it's not a real IMAX. So, oh, that, they still listed as IMAX on the Science Theater. But that was the whole thing. Like that's why he called it IMAX. Like uh, other IMAX is IMAX I. Is IMAX just plural? Other IMAXs in America apparently are much larger and like cooler than our IMAX. Well, there's always going to be something bigger and cooler out there. Yeah. I mean, that's just inevitable. Texture says, um, I was just tossing it around in my head the last couple of years. Dead serious thought right now. Get DJ to reclassify and get him for two years with that large NIL deal. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's not going to happen at this point, does it? If that's... If it's possible, which again, apparently every kid these days can just reclassify if they want to, That's then yeah, true. I'd take DJ Wagner next year. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I and mean, then if he would have, like, you'd be in the same situation that Imani Bates would be in. Where's where Bradshaw's, like, uh, grade status? Reclassify. Then? Hybrid role. I mean, who- a lot of hybrid roles, a lot of reclassifications. Weren't we looking at a point guard in that class as well, anyway? Well, yeah, we've offered a few. Yeah, I was going to say. Get so, them in there. One of them's got to be able to reclassify, right? They all can reclassify. Nobody goes to school anymore. Yeah. Just reclassify. I would, I would, if I was a kid right now, I'd reclassify my way through high school. I'd, I'd, start, I'd do like two weeks of freshman year. I'd reclassify to 2023. Done. I'd reclassify and I didn't even finish the high school stuff. You did kind of reclassify. I did. <laughs> In a way, I kind of did. Texas says Kansas plows right through NCAA turmoil. Arizona plows right through NCAA turmoil and coaching change. Louisville, you have to wait not one, not two, not three, not four, but five plus years to get your chance to come back to the party. Is that a play on the LeBron James there? It is how it kind of feels. Though. Yeah, that's what, I don't know if they were aiming for that, but it did come off that way. It, it does kind of feel. The only other school that got caught up in this that kind of had some turmoil, I mean, even Miami, who unfairly got caught up in it and then got taken out of the, the superseding indictment, they made an Elite Eight this year, first time in program history. They're going to be good next year. The only program that has kind of like sucked was NC State, and they didn't get any sort of punishment from yeah, this. But they, they sucked they before just, it happened. They just su- they sucked with the guy they cheated yeah. to get. <laughs> they, had a, they, had to, they had to vacate their losing season with Dennis Smith Jr., and all the fans in Raleigh are like, oh, no. I mean, it's been, what, a decade since NC State's had a tournament weather, a tournament team, a team that was a tournament contender? Yeah, there was like, like they've been in the that. tournament, but like a team that like you thought could play deep into the tournament. Yeah, I mean they had the one. Well, they played us in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, that Cinderella Nova. run. Yeah, where they as a nine seed, they made the upset in the one or the one. I feel like the last two or three times they've been in, they've been in as an eight nine seed. They, they played went, they played LSU in that uh, that year. It was the Johnny Jones, uh, Mark Godfrey coach off. Somebody had to win it. Did they go to the lead eight? Like maybe about a decade. How long has it been since they went to the lead eight? They went with like Julius Hodge and that. That's what I was gonna say. They made a Cinderella run, but to that the, was like oh three oh four. Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been a while. 
I know I knew it had been a minute, but I didn't realize it had been that long. Uh, Kevin Keats, by the way, hired uh, Joel Justice, former UK assistant today. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, did they? Yeah. You're not listening because you're too busy looking up stuff. <laughs> Cannot do two things at once to save his life. Reg- last re- Oh, man. You know what their last regional final was? When? 1986. Good God. Has it been that long? <laughs> they went to back-to-back. That would have been the uh, Chris Washburn and Spud Webb teams. Look, people. Yeah. That was, by the way. You want? They were cheating their butts off then too. Don't get me wrong. People get mad at me. <laughs> I say it all the time. I don't want to be NC State. I don't. Not football. Not basketball. They have been to since then. They've been to one, two, three Sweet Sixteens only. Nothing farther. That's not good. And the last one was 2015. Texas turtles are part of the environment. Also said Mike James Biatch. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> he just did. Just did. Texas says, keep those damn turtles away from TK. Those are snapped in half free turtles. <laughs> Texas says, the straw thing for the turtles was just a campaign to make people take responsibility for plastic pollution as opposed to corporations who are really responsible for most of it. I'll get off my soapbox now. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I'm, not quite, I'm not denying the fact that, that, that the, uh, the straw people made it up to, to push paper straws. If you're going to make something up to like get people's sympathy towards an animal, you don't pick a turtle. People like turtles. I mean, yeah, but no one You can. like turtles. I do. But not enough to switch to plastic switch to paper straws. Do you think I mean, people... if you're going to pick it like like birds stuck in like the the uh six-pack things and you can you can get a visual image of that and show it. Oh, I think turtles are far more sympathetic than birds. I mean, have you do we have a picture of a turtle with a straw up its nose? Probably somewhere. <laughs> Other other than the guy from Entourage, <laughs> why are you assuming that that's is that is that the supposed issue with plastic straws that they're going up turtles' noses? That's what our intern told us. Wait, she, Jenna just said, "Have you already forgotten her name?" You did not. <laughs> Again, no, her name's Jenna. I remember her name this time. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a, a no specific thing though. Yeah, I mean, what other, where else do you think it's getting stuck in a turtle at? Well, I don't. <laughs> don't. Oh, she said there's a video. We have proof. Texas says, what about the pasta straws? Do they hurt turtles? They, they kind of like evaporate too, don't they? I don't know. Pasta straws evaporate? Yeah. Pasta straws just get kind of good. She's listening to us on the bar earbuds. She's like a minute and a half. It's like she's a minute and a half. Like, there's a video like a minute later. Speaking of, I need you to call Les here. Okay. Uh, we're going right. to have Les Pollard and talk uh, some officiating here in a second. Uh, Texas says, one of my favorite, well, I'll save this one for Trevor because it's a wrestling thing. Texas says, get DJ for two years if he reclassed. He's 17 now and won't turn 19 until May 2024. Yeah, it would be the same thing again that Imani Bates was doing at Memphis. He reclassified. He technically wasn't draft eligible for two seasons, so he either had to play you know, one year at Memphis and then one year in the G League or somewhere abroad, but he couldn't go into the NBA draft this year. Uh, hopefully he winds up coming here and spends his second year that way. But it, like, again, I don't understand. <laughs> I guess every kid is just able to reclassify now. I don't know what DJ Wagner's academic standing is. I don't know if this is even a possibility, but if it is... Would love to have DJ. Let's get all those kids from New Jersey. Let's get all those those kids in the 2023 class that we're recruiting to reclassify and play here for two years. Why not? Texas says, your dream about turtle and the turtle reminded me of the office episode where Kevin crushed the turtle and then tried to reconstruct the dead turtle with office items. That would be Trevor. That, I mean, the similarities between Kevin Malone and Trevor Kelsey uh, continue to pile up. Texas says, Trevor does not like turtles. We did a He did a backflip onto one once in a dream, broke it in half. He did. It's a real thing. And then he held it up to show what he'd done. Horrified look on his face, just like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. The similarities, endless. Uh, Texter now has sent in the I Like Turtles gif. You, you said I had to do it. You did. It's a, a classic video. 
Grade A internet video. There's no, there is no proof or denial that that is also Darby Allen, a former a, a current AEW wrestler in that video. Oh, really? the, the, the kid in the video is actually, or are you just making a joke? <laughs> making a joke that I wouldn't get. <laughs> the joke cannot land with me. I've got the no wrestling idea fans out, the wrestling fans out there, you got it, you people. I know there's a few of you right now driving, going, <laughs> that was funny. There's Trevor. three dudes in the car who are like, yeah, <laughs> good one, Trev. Loved it. Uh, do we have less on the line here? We do. All right. He may have just hung up after that, but I, mean, I hope he's still there. That's fine. We've got Les Paul. He's a uh, high school football official. We're going to talk about uh, the Area High School Football Officiating Association starting their recruiting season later this month. Uh, Les, how are you? Thanks so much for joining the Mike Rutherford Show. Oh, Mike, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your show to uh, have me on. I appreciate it. Of course. Before we get into the ins and the outs of, of what you want to talk about, how did you get into officiating and how long have you been doing this? Uh, this, will, this coming season will be my 15th year. Um, it was one of those things growing up, Mike, playing sports. I always thought that officials were, were cool and kind of had them on a pedestal, even when they you know, calls didn't go my way. And uh, I just kind of had an epiphany about uh, 15 years ago that uh, I'm going to figure out how to get into this. It was pre-social media and everything. So a little digging, but actually how I got into it was an old UofL message board where it was, you know, one of the, uh, it was the post anything kind of, kind of message, you know, mess, you know, spot on the message board, yeah. the old inside the bill, I think. And, uh, a, uh, one of the officials was looking there and I happened to see it and went, Oh, all right. I, I think I want to do that. And so that's literally how I got it. So inside the bill for all you UofL fans out there got me into officiating. Now, hold on. As a kid playing sports, you thought officials were cool. I, I, yeah, you know, <laughs> call it a, a, a perfect world. Maybe I, I grew up with a road co- rose-colored eyeglasses on. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, it just seemed kind of a, a cool profession. Like, you know, they got paid to, to tell people what to do and how to do it. I that was kind of cool, I guess, to a, to a young uh, sports person. I'm with you there. I, I can see that. Now, we were talking, yeah. we were DMing on Twitter, and you were talking about how, you know, back in the day, CSAA, which I grew up playing in Catholic uh, School Athletic yeah. Association, probably had like 175 officials, and now it's significantly less than that. There's there's talk about this all over the country, the shortage of officiating. Um, is it one specific thing that's led to this? Is, is it a myriad of things? Why is this happening, Les? I think it's a myriad of things. Uh, I don't – it's, you know – People don't like getting yelled at, uh, and, sure. and there's whenever you know. I think there was a viral video last week. Uh, you know, a umpire throwing out, you know, a coach then calling the game because a parent disagreed with his call of a ball or a strike, something like that. So, you've got parents who you know think they know every rule, uh, even though they probably don't know ninety eight percent of it, and. You know, there is a time commitment to it. Uh, you know, I don't. I think it's very hard to kind of pinpoint one exact reason, but it's we're in a society now that, uh, you know, no one likes to be told that they're doing something wrong, and so maybe that has a, a role to play in it. But uh, to your point, you know, when you and I were messaging back and forth, once upon a time we had probably uh, 165, 170, you know, officials in the association, and we're down to roughly – you know, between 90 and 100. And we, the KFOA services, you know, everything from uh, the Little League sports uh, on Saturdays all the way up to Friday Night Lights on uh, the campuses on Shelbyville Road that uh, we all know and love. And uh, so to have 95 officials covering Jefferson, Oldham, Shelby, Spencer, Henry, and Bullock counties, that's, you, that gets stretched in real quick. And on uh, Friday nights, on average in those areas is 16, 17 high school games, five officials per game. So you can do the math that, uh, that, that, that takes up a lot of officials real quick. And 
guys get injured, guys have weddings to go to, you know, U of L plays on Friday nights this year, uh, you know, so, you know, guys block and can't work. And all of a sudden we're telling athletic directors and youth league coaches and all that, Hey, we can't, we can't help you. So we need bodies. We need good, good guys and girls. We have female officials in our association to, to help us keep uh, the youth sports and uh, the blood pumping through uh, sports in the area. Now, you mentioned all the reasons there why numbers might be dwindling. You're someone who's done this for 15 years. Um, you clearly like it. You clearly enjoy it, or you wouldn't still be doing it. You wouldn't here be here vouching for you know more officials to, to you know to join the forces. Give me your pitch. If somebody out there is listening, they're maybe interested in this. That they're thinking this is something that I've kind of wanted to do. Why do you enjoy doing this so much? Uh, I enjoy doing it because it keeps me involved in the game. I love playing football. I love watching football. Obviously, we're in a basketball area, but football was just, you know, something I just loved. It was in my blood. Uh, and, and being out of it, it's a good way to get back into it. Not everybody wants to be a coach, and there are a lot of volunteer coaches out there, but this gets you a way to get back into it, stay involved with it. Uh, I've met some of my bestest friends officiating in the past 15 years and a guy named Joel along the way and it just you you stay in the game you make great friends and if you have a passion for it a real passion for football for youth league sports and for being involved it's the best way to do it but mike there are a lot of guys that do it you know along the way as well because it's a good source of second income it's a good side hustle there are guys who putting kids through college and private school or sending for a car for their their next 16 year old along the way and it's a good way to, to, to make, you know, 2500 3000 you know, bucks, you know, over the course of two or three months. And, you know, you get a hot dog and a you know, Coke on your way out the door. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. So no. if I know you said you have a recruiting meeting coming up on June 16th, if folks out there are listening and they're saying, yeah, this sounds good, something I'm at least interested in, I'd like to know more about it, maybe I can get involved. Uh, how, how can they go about making this happen? Yeah, we have two recruiting meetings coming up. Uh, they're both at Wagner High School. Uh, first one is going to be next Thursday night, uh, both at 6.30. First one, Thursday night, 6.30, Wagner High School. Uh, and it'll just be an hour presentation of what it takes to get going and, and, and to be an official. Um, you know, you got to get certified through the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. You join our local association. And, you know, what to expect, you know, and how the training will go and all that kind of stuff. We do provide a very thorough training program. You get assigned a mentor who works games with you. You don't just get, hey, here's your uniform, toss out there, and and good luck to you. It's a very thorough training program. We have probably the KFOA has produced a lot of great officials, college, NFL. We have one active NFL official right now that came up through our ranks. We have probably close to a dozen college officials that have come up through our ranks, a couple guys in the SEC, a couple guys in the ACC, SEC, ACC, Conference USA, et cetera. So we have a good pedigree to train officials, so we'll get you where you want to go. If you're a younger guy and want to get to college, we'll get you there. We'll give you all the tools to get you there. The second meeting is going to be, again, the following Monday, Monday the 20th, Wagner High School, 630. And same meeting just kind of goes through what it takes and what to expect your first year as an official. There it is, June 16th, June 20th, 6.30 p.m., Wagner High School. Make it out there if you can. Uh, Trevor Kelsey might be out there. He's a, he's a big Wagner guy. He loves it. He's, he, he wanted to get into officiating for a long time. Not sure he could take the criticism, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, Les, appreciate the time, man. Hopefully we can get uh, some guys signed up, and it can be a fantastic fall out there. And best of luck to you moving forward with this. 
Sure, Mike, I appreciate it. Can I give our website and my phone number in case uh, you guys want to reach out if they can't make a meeting? Absolutely. Throw it out there. Yeah, uh, website is uh, kfoa.info. That's Kentucky, K like Kentucky, F like football, O like official, A like association.info. Or they can call or text me directly, 502-419-8814. There's kfoa.info, 502-419-8814. If you can't make it to one of these meetings, June 20th, June 20th, uh, June 16th and June 20th, 630 at Wagner. Uh, Les, really appreciate the time, man. And again, best of luck moving forward. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Go Cards. Go Cards. Uh, Les Pollock there talking some officiating. Trevor, you know, you've officiated games back in the day. I have. I, I may have officiated one of your games for all I know. You may have. I may have yelled at you. Probably did. Yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't that kid. I, was, I mean, you, when you did refereeing at St. Matthews, though, because we were one main crew. I, I usually did no more than like 10-year-old league, 10-year-old age group, because those were like the solo main crews. And that was the refereeing from like the volleyball line to the volleyball line at half court. Yeah. Like I didn't, I never went any farther than that. I was like running from that line to that line. Can't imagine it was a hard job. No, no, no. But I, I did want. I just thought about maybe going into the officiating business post my St. Matthews era. But as less to point out, I just wasn't cool enough. I guess I could see you doing it. I also could see you being the official who just gave it right back to the the hecklers and just like didn't take any crap from the kids. We did have <laughs> shout out to my man Jimmy Seagar. He he would not take that. I can see that. I can I, see you being I, I, Jimmy. I watched him tee up a, a parent and throw him out of the gym at one point. I love it. And say, man, <laughs> I remember the parent. I was I was doing the I was running the board for that game. It was hilarious. I think like three St. Matthews basketball games. I was at where parents got into fights in the stands. I'm like, what are we doing here? I mean, we're 12 years old. My favorite. Were you, I guess because yours is about the same age as Petrino's kid, right? The I guess Bobby, the the young. Is it? I'm a couple years older. Okay, because he played in the league. And Papa Petrino would like show up, but he would like always like sneak up to the very top corner of the bleachers. Oh yeah, so we got to do by it. himself and like hide up there as best he can, while his son played uh, point guard for uh, whatever team it was. We I can't remember if he's a good. I just remember he had like hair, he had he had legs that were as hairy as a thirty year old, and this kid's like twelve. Well, like poor kid, man. <laughs> the things you remember. Okay. Well, I mean, like a Wookie out there. I mean, we had a fifth and sixth grade uh, game, and there was a fifth and sixth grade girls game before us, and the two coaches like were brawling on the floor as we're going through layup lines. I like looked down. There's like two dudes like rolling into my feet. I'm like, what are we doing? And lo and behold, like I became like one of good friends with one of the girls on that team. I was telling the story in like high school and she's like, I was on that team. I knew the dads that were fighting. I was like, what are 11 year old girls? What are we? Come on. Are you, are you're not, you're not going to be that when, when, when no. Virginia's playing sports Absolutely and when my not. kids get, you know, cause you know, he's going to be, you know, a youth league superstar like Papa. I dread having to deal with those parents. Like I, I remember those parents as a kid and like all the kids being embarrassed by those parents. Like, oh yeah. Well, yes. Usually the kids just didn't care. Like, like we, me, they were embarrassed. Like me and John would always laugh how, you know, especially when you're talking about from that 8 to 12 age or 8 to 13, you know, you got the parents like, you know, screaming and yelling and telling them to run this and that. And, you know, meanwhile, little juniors over there going, I wonder what board on Ninja Gaiden I can finish today. I mean, that's like the kids never even, it was always the parents. The kids never cared as yeah, much. Yeah, I, I played with some who had those parents and they were, they didn't like it. And I think that's usually the case. And then they end up kind of being a-holes themselves a lot of times. It was just, it's a vicious cycle, Trev. Got to break it. <laughs> Got to break it somehow. Uh, but no, I, I don't plan on being those parents. I don't want to will you coach associate them? with those parents. I mean, I probably will. Like I, my dad coached all of my teams until I got to like high school. I think yeah. besides football, he coached all of my baseball and basketball teams uh, until I got to high school. So I, I'd like to. 
It's, it's you gotta be able to gotta take COVID. some criticism though, because they will they will give you crap. I know, I know. I'm not looking forward to that either. But what do you? Gonna I say? love the parents who show up to all the practices and criticize, but then don't head coach. Then don't then actually don't coach in the game. Yeah, it's like oh, well, I'm glad you can sit here and just throw your two cents at me, and then like sit in the stands and yell at me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I tell you what, we'll go ahead and take a break. We'll get into the Thornton Sacks line. Uh, people have thoughts that we haven't gotten to on a number of things. We'll take those thoughts. If and we'll one of them involves them. turtles. Jenna had me watch the video during that interview. Did it change your mind? Is this no? It was disturbing. But it didn't change your mind. No, nope. not enough to ditch paper, like plastic straws. It started to, and then I went to take a drink of my my soda, and it the straw broke. Just came right back. And and, and I'm still halfway through the soda, and I was like. Man, I don't know now. That turtle was probably okay. <laughs> I mean, it could have been a stick. It didn't have to be a straw. I mean, how do we? I mean, why? I mean, how many? St- seriously, how many plastic straws do we have floating around the Pacific Ocean right now? I love how you have an internal debate with yourself in 15 <laughs> seconds, where you take all positions and then go back to the one that you wanted to originally. Just, I love it. Well, I saw the, the preview of the video and I saw a little blood coming. I'm like, I don't want to watch it. She's, no. she's in there yelling at me like, "Watch it! Watch it! Watch it!" I'm like. Uh, the peer pressure finally got to me. I mean, look at me. I mean, I'm a walking peer, you know, thing for peer pressure. So I'm like, okay, I finally, maybe I should have taken this big bite of the chicken bacon Swiss before I hit hit this video. But you know, I've made worse decisions in life. But again, you watched it. And I you did still, watch it. You you were not swayed. You thought it was horrible, but not enough to change your lifestyle. I just don't. I mean, how many really ter- couldn't this have just been like a, a one-time thing where these people just found it? Because they're on a boat in the ocean. And it's part- like, how do they know the tur- who? First of all, why do you even bring the turtle out of the ocean anyway? And, and who, who checks the turtle's nose? For all I know, that piss could have been digital. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, was, it didn't even look like a straw. It looked like a stick. Let's take a break. Okay. Uh, we'll come back. We'll, we'll, less turtle talk after the break, I promise. I, I, can't, I, I don't. I can't promise anything on this show. I'll try to make it less turtle talk. 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton Sex Line. We'll hear your thoughts after this. The Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Yeah, he was the him and Triple H were the founders. Yeah, I knew Triple H was. I guess I just forgot that they were the the founders of DX. Because when I was watching, like for so much of that, Michaels was hurt. And I guess well, I kind of yeah, forgot. Very hooked on painkillers, the back issue. I've lost my smile. Well, that's professional wrestling hurt. You know, that's you know, you just kind of assume there's stuff going on. But like, I, so I remember DX as X Pac, the New Age Outlaws, Triple H in China. Kind of. That's the second version, right? That's that's what yeah. I remember more than the original. The the original was was based. It was basically. I mean, it it was, you know, Triple H, uh, China, uh, Shawn Michaels, and uh, Rick Rude. Oh, ravishing that Rick Rude. Original, DX? yeah. Rick Rude to, and will forever be the only man to be on both Raw and Nitro at the same time. Did not know that. What what he was that uh, he didn't do anything. He just kind of stood there in a suit with a, with a with a briefcase. With a glorious mustache, 
because at that time he couldn't wrestle anymore because of neck injuries, unfortunately. And uh, he left. They, they would tape Raw a lot. They okay, do, I really don't care that much. I'm about telling this. you anyway. Just quickly, you, you got 30 seconds now. 30 seconds. Go. He would. Ta- they would tape Raw. So what he would do is he would go on Raw and they would be, be air it. But at the time he left, uh, unknowing that Vince McMahon and went to WCW, which was doing live. So therefore, while he was on Raw with DX, he was actually on on with the NWO on Nitro at the exact same time because it was live and Raw was taped. You only needed 20. Kept a mustache. Reminds me of the Petrino taping his coach's show while he was fired, scrolling <laughs> underneath the bottom line when it actually aired. Same kind of thing. I was thinking of one of my classic favorite scenes in How Much Your Mother when they, uh, I forget the, the the woman's name, who goes to Barney like, you got to tell me the story of you and you and Robin now. And he and like, you have one minute. And he does the entire show recap in literally like one minute. That's all you need sometimes. <laughs> and when he had 12 seconds at the end, she goes, you still have like 12 seconds. He goes, anyone on Price is Right and want a Doom Buggy. Boom! Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, Thornton's text line, I promise it. We're going to read as many as we can here before we get to the 5 o'clock hour. 502-414-1450. Uh, Texter, I don't know why they said this uh, really early on. I guess because I always ask for topic ideas, but they said, Jelly Jam or Preserves, what flavor, what brand, and what do you prefer to eat it on? <laughs> I'm a jelly man. Honestly, you know the difference between jelly and jam? Not a clue. I can't tell the difference. I, I, don't I, can't, know. I can't give you the punchline on air. I, I can't do it. You'll have to Google it. You'll have to Google it. I don't. So I, there are people listening out there that are like, is he going to say that? I don't. I couldn't tell you the difference. Um, I guess, I mean, A, I'm on toast. I mean, I. Boring answer. I'm right there, right there with you. I mean, I don't think I, I mean, like biscuits, but I'm more of a toast. guy. I'm more of a toast guy as well. Um, I guess maybe a bit. I'm not. A, I'm not a big bagel guy. I'm a huge bagel guy. I mean, I liked bagels when I worked at my favorite muffin. I'd make the bagel sandwiches, which were good. But short of that, I guess I, I'm never been a bagel guy. Uh, Flavor wise, I guess I guess I don't even kind of grape. I guess I mean, is it grape or strawberry? Right? I mean, that's you're usually yeah. one of those two. I, I mean, there's also peach. What other flavors are there? Peach, blackberry. And, Blackberry, yeah, blackberry. Blackberry is more of a jam. I feel like um, I'm more of a jelly guy. I, I I can go all three. I prefer jelly. I'm actually with you. Like I I used to only eat grape jelly. Now I'm kind of branching out. I like blackberry jam a lot, but I'm mostly a toast guy. I'll put it on biscuits if they're around, but I'm mostly a toast yeah. Guy. I mean, I'm thinking when I usually get like if I go like to Cracker Barrel or places they they'll give me like you know some little little packets and usually you get strawberry or, or yeah. Or, Always or good. Grape. And then and I put those on the toaster or biscuits. Yeah, that's, that's not bad at all. Texas says sometimes Chick fil A will bring your food to you when you're still a car or two away from the window. I they know. Have, they have to, that kind of sucks. Mary though, because, the bad system. But when you do that and then you're like, you're stuck there, you can't like drive around. You're still sitting in line. You're just eating your food, I guess, while you're in line now. Yeah. That's the only that has happened to me before. Text that I'm only eight minutes late to the show and I have no idea what's going on. Neither do we. If you don't get to the start, then I don't know what to tell you. It's gonna keep I mean, happening. who is the known the, the the Arby's going environmental would like give us the show theme for the entire day? Text that <laughs> didn't even know it till we hope we start the show. Text that loved all the Red Rocks talk yesterday. It's the best venue on the planet. The Red Rocks guy. Oh, I think this is the guy who tried to to get us to do the tour when I was on that bachelor party. Oh, really? Okay. Glad he's listening to the show. Love you. We'll take you up on it at some point. We're going to get Trevor out to I'm getting out. I want to go out there, we'll, yeah. We'll take him to Red Rocks. I don't even, I'm not even going to be picky about who I see there. I just kind of want to just see a Mars, Red Rocks. <laughs> same time, second Chappelle show reference of the day. Texas, I don't remember that reference. It was when uh, is uh, Black Bush. I don't remember that one. M-A-R-S, Mars, and I can't say it, but. Is that, Red was, Rocks. Was that, yeah, late, yeah. was that the late, was that like season four maybe? No, it was like, the, I think it was three. Three or four of them. Great the later seasons. Okay. Uh, Texas head coach Snoop Sat. 
<laughs> Ticker says Gomer Pyle plus Jack Harlow equals Scott Satterfield. <laughs> I'm, kind he, of? He says Snoop Sat, and now I'm thinking like that Corona commercial. Like I picture like Andy Goldberg. That's being that's Satterfield recruiting a California kid. I can see it. Like like how, how how's it going, Pierce Clarkson? D O W G. <laughs> it's just it's just Pierce coach. Okay, Pierce. D O W G. It just it just it's reminds not, me of when I was in my brief uh, law days. I worked at a law firm, and um, don't 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 understand. You were a high priced lawyer. I was well. I was never a lawyer. I didn't finish law school. <laughs> but like we had a a lawyer who was going out. Somebody had it was a, a terrible case. So somebody was if you remember like the. Um, Jim Porter's shooting, like one of the guys who'd been shot. I knew Jim Porter's, but I didn't know they were shooting. I forgot they were shooting there. I didn't know that. One of the guys who'd been shot, like we were representing him, um, and he was a, a black guy who had like his whole family with him. And like this attorney who was assigned to his case was like the whitest dude in the world. And I, great guy, liked him a lot, but I knew, I was like, how is this interaction going to go? I'm sure he's going to try way too hard. And sure enough, I hear them as they're walking down the hall to his office. They pass like my little area where I'm working as the, the intern. And I just hear him go, so you a Ja Rule fan, man? And I almost like I. This is like 2010. This is this is past the peak of Ja Rule. Ja Rule is no longer as relevant as he was in 2003, and I almost just lost it. I mean, it could have you a Ja Rule fan, man. It could like, oh my god, no. I mean, at least I was almost half expecting to be like, well, how about an MC Hammer? It was <laughs> it, for some reason it made it even worse. Just the fact that it was like this niche rapper from like the O two O three era. I was like, oh god, no. at least he didn't go farther back than that. It could, it could, I think it could have been worse than pulling out Jaw Rule. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I was embarrassed for him, and I wasn't even there. I was just just room away. Texture says, "I fertilized the earth with my dog." Classic TK quote. I mean, I do. I get back. Maybe poorly phrased. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, Texture says you can only imagine Nick in high school. Uh, this is a roush about bullying people. Oh yeah, especially when he thought he still had hair because nobody could see the top of his head, and he'd walk the hall saying, <laughs> "Yeah, Zach, yeah." <laughs> I could see him with long hair walking around with like a. I don't know why. Like I suddenly, he's not even as old, but I'm picturing him like wearing a blue jean jacket. He's he's like your age, so I mean, it's not, I feel like that's, that's a thing. I don't though. know why though, but not even maybe a blue jean jacket, but like maybe a blue jean vest with like like, like patches on it. Anytime you picture now bald guys with hair, it has to be like a like they have to have like a mullet back in the day, and it's somehow 1978. Got, got the anarchy logo patch on the sleeve. That's how I look. I mean, just. Same way. He's got, his, got a bag of cigarettes rolled up in his short, in his short sleeve. <laughs> He's feuding with the Jets. Man. Texture says, speaking of UK fans who listen to you, the only time I listen to KSR is when they have the pardon my take guys on to say why Calipari's on the hot seat and then let the circus of callers commence. This time they were mispronouncing his name and that seven years left on his contract wasn't long enough. Needs to be at least 20. Have you ever listened to them on KSR in the past? I haven't, but I did see that they were hosting they yesterday. Were, yeah, they, they fill in on a regular basis almost. And I think it's once a year when, when Matt goes on vacation. Is that what it is? That's how you took more vacations than that. But. He, um, so one of the very first years he did this, because he gets a slew of guest hosts to fill in, he asked me to do it. And, really? Which would have been <laughs> awful. Um, I could I don't even remember why. I couldn't. Yeah, hurt. He's never asked me. Yeah, well, we, we could do it together one time. Um, but this was this was way back in the day. Um, but I do hear that they, they go on there and they do their like sarcasm shtick, and it 
you know, some UK fans take it and enjoy it and, you know, take it for what it is. But a lot of them just get, it's a culture clash. They, they are furious, which I is pretty funny. I know of the part of my take. I've never listened to them, though. So. I, so every now and then, like, there'll be an interview that I'll check out. But I don't think I've ever sat down and listened to a full pod. It's like the, I used to work with PFT commentary. That I was going to say, I knew, I know, say again, I know the name, I know yeah. their names. And I've, I've seen them on Twitter. Uh, and I'm not saying I don't like them. I just have never really, I've never really taken the time to, to listen. Big following. Big following. Oh, I'm sure they are. Uh, Texas says, this show says Gangrel so often that my phone is suggesting Gangrel videos on YouTube <laughs> and my Instagram feed. This Orwellian nightmare must end. <laughs> so sorry. Hey, what was the wrestling uh, text you got that you were going to ask me before I had oh, yeah. call last um, We'll get there. Okay. Yes, I'm going to remind you before you've forgotten and moved I'm on. I'm trying to get to the beginning because we missed all these in the 3 o'clock hour. Texture oh, says, <laughs> Texture says uh, Maven said today that we are fine and like FSU uh, long and they can guard. Well, but FSU always has really good guards too. Like yeah, I mean they've got huge dudes, but they also have like guards. I mean, yeah, I mean Scotty Barnes was everything that Bates was. They ever thought Bates was going to be. But Scotty Barnes was also a rarity. Like they, they've their program. Where was, was he recruited? I mean, he was he was he went to McDonald's All American, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was huge. He was, he was, he was five star. I think he was like the number eight player in that class. Oh, yeah. And he was awesome. At important. He's had decent. I think played decent with the the Raptors, I believe, this year, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, they've had, like, like this year they had Kayla Mills, who was a, a transfer from Houston, who was really, really good. Anthony Polite was there forever. Um, like, Raekwon Evans was there yeah, forever. Polite was there forever. Uh, but th- th- that's what they do. Like, um, Devin Vassell was so good. Trent Forrest played there forever. MJ Walker played there forever. They have these, yeah. like, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guards that just stay in the program, and bec- they go from, like, good freshmen to really good sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and then they have superstars around them. The, you know, the, the lengthy guys that we all talk about that are future NBA superstars like Patrick Williams and Malik Osborne and Dwayne Bacon and all those guys. But they've had – they've got guards is my point here. We don't have guards. And the big and the uh, Agile said like the Jonathan Isaacs, I mean, they weren't – a lot of those guys weren't – I mean, Barnes was a big recruit, but a lot of those were kind of more – Diamond and Rough guys, I've, I think they found, wasn't it? Some of the like the role players, but I mean they've had. Like, I don't remember Jonathan Isaac being a big recruit when he came into Port State. He was. He was. Oh, big, he was. Okay. He was a big time. But like Terrence Mann was not, and he played there forever as a guard who was like really good. They've just they've they. I'll give Leonard credit. Like develops guards over the years, mm-hmm. and you have to have those guys if players like you know Malik Osborne and Patrick Williams and. Um, who's the big guy they had a few years ago, Kevin Yelly. If they're going to do anything, you've got to have those guards that can get them the ball, that can make plays, that can defend. And that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, we need those guys too. Like, that's that's the point. I mean, I know I've said that I felt like, and you, you agreed with me, but which is amazing, <laughs> that, that, that the college game is going to slowly evolve into, I don't know, I don't say evolve, but go back to where you saw in the 80s where, you know, the, the bigger man is the more dominant program. But I don't. Again, I've said that. I don't think we're there. I mean, it's going to be a minute until we're there. And until that comes, it's still a guard game in the in, in the college basketball world. Well, even if that does wind up being the case, you still, you still need, need guards, guards to, yeah. to facilitate the offense and run the show. Um, like, there's never going to be a style of play where you don't need multiple guards, multiple ball handlers. Like, we could, yeah, we could have a successful stint right now with L. Ellis and a bunch of dudes who are more naturally forwards out there on the floor but l can't play 40 minutes a game and i don't think i, I don't know maybe we do maybe maybe, maybe he can maybe kenny payne's seen more from like you said like kamari lands and thinks he could be a legitimate you know combo guard he can play the two when l's on the floor and can run the point when l's off the floor but from what we know about the guys we have on this roster like we don't really have a reliable backup point guard and from what we saw from L. Ellis last year i'm not sure we have a reliable point guard like he was great off the ball at times but he was not 
He, was not he, safe he with showed the ball. you nothing last year that he could be a facilitating point guard. He didn't, and you know that's not what the that offseason before. That, but that, that, that's what the off seasons are for. Hopefully, he can get a lot better. But he did not look like a true point guard really at any point last year. And they're like, he's saying he's going to play point. They're clearly planning on him playing point. If, if he's good enough to do that, great. That's awesome. But he can't do it all game, every game. Like that's that's the point. Like you've got to have some depth in the backcourt, and right now, not only do we not have depth in the backcourt, we don't have a fellow starter in the backcourt. Plus, it's, when he gets in the lane, he got, he's got he's got to learn that you can't shoot through a human. Can't being. shoot through the guys. Yeah. Just and there's a guy there in front of you. That means there's somebody not being guarded. Find him, L. Uh, Texas, speaking of Kenny, what is Kenny Klein's official retirement date? I need to prepare and plan time off for my grieving process. <laughs> I think it's July first. But he's also he's saying with the program, like yeah, he's, he's just, not officially. He's just not the same. I mean, he's not. He's taking a lot off his plate. Exactly. I think yeah. he's going to be doing strictly men's basketball stuff next year. Where like right now he's he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's at the baseball games. He's doing uh, other stuff. He's always just flying around. Like he's going to be doing just stuff with Kenny Payne. I think for the upcoming. So season. for if I would need press credentials, I can still go to Kenny for basketball. Sure. Just I'm sure he'll still like he's gonna end it. Kenny's going to do the thing where he's like planning on just doing a little bit and he still winds up doing like 98% of what he was doing every other year. He's that type of guy too because he wants to make everybody happy. He's going like he'll feel like he's letting people down if he's not like taking press credential requests from Trevor Kelsey. So he's going to handle it all himself. Uh, Texas hasn't Florida State kicked our ass with power forwards running point guard again? No, like they they, they haven't. No, they pretty much kicked our ass with whoever. They could kick our ass with, I guess, point guards, but like. You know, the, the guards that they've had have been big guards, but they've been guards. They've been 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guys. All the guys we just ran down. Yeah. Um, that's They've had, besides Scotty Barnes, that's been their backcourt. And Scotty Barnes, I know they technically listed him as a point guard. He wasn't running point guard on that team. No, but they like to use him at the guard, especially, well, particularly on defense more than anything, because they, they like to bring him up on that on the half court and suffocate, and it's 6'9". It was obviously yeah. suffocating. Yeah. I mean, he was great, but, like, MJ Walker was – more of the point guard on that team yeah. and he's you know he, he's i think in the nba now but he's like not a he wasn't a superstar he was just a solid six four six five guard um anthony polite was the other back guard on that team like he's six five six six dude there's like big guards but still guards um we've got to find some guards i don't know how to say it <laughs> um and I, also like if we had and don't get me wrong i like the pieces we have but if we had patrick williams Scotty Barnes, those types of players on the wing, yeah, it'd be a lot easier to say we're still going to be good without having a dynamic backcourt or a backcourt. We don't have those guys. Like, I, there's nobody. We may, I mean, maybe these guys can develop, but right now, there's nobody that is on Louisville's current roster that is a projected NBA draft pick for next season. Well, then you can at least hold out hope for for Bates because again, Bates, what Bates wants to be is what Scotty Barnes was for sure. I mean, he that's what he wants to be. He wants weight. Yeah, and probably needs to improve in other aspects of the game. But well, we saw last year Memphis how it went. That's so. why I said he what he wants to be is what Barnes was, or yeah, was it Florida State in his one year? Do you think that's the holdup? Is that he wants to run point and he's not getting that vote of confidence from Kenny Payne? Because that was, he, I think it's he wants to run point and he's not getting it from Payne and he's not getting it from anywhere else and he's waiting for someone to come out and tell him. If so, like that's annoying because you know there was they made no bones about the fact that that was a big part of why he went to Memphis. He wanted to play point guard. They told him he could play point guard. He started at point guard for them. He was not good at point guard. No. And if you're Imani Bates, maybe I, I guess you're looking for somebody to blame. The stats are the stats. Your turnover, you averaged more than one full turnover than you did assist per game when you were playing point guard. When you were moved, not just off the, the point, but when you were moved 
off the floor, your team didn't just get slightly better. It got dramatically better, so much so that it went from a 12-8 and biggest disappointment in the, in the country to a team that won 12 of its next 13 and damn near beat Gonzaga in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Like, I- I'm sorry. I know you can improve, but if you want to just prove to the NBA people that you can run point, just how about you get really good at being a two? Like, like you're not – he's not a point guard. And I, if you want to be a defender and try to, you know, show your optimism of him being able to do that, and you say, well – yeah, Mike, but you know he he because he, he reclassified, did he not? I he mean, did. He was young. He, last he year. was a seventeen-year-old kid going into a Division One. Bad. I mean, that's a leap up. I don't care what you think. You know, the competition, having to play maybe the hardest position in college basketball. That's a lot to ask. Now you can come back at me with the argument. Yeah, but he also didn't do it against Houston and you know EC and, and the other tougher teams of the American. He played it against like you know Southeast Christian State and. And some of the early early opponents that are, you know, quote unquote scrubs, and still played poorly. I mean, that's. But I, I, I mean, if, if you're trying to be optimistic and stay positive, I would use the hey, this is. He, he got thrown into the fire. He obviously got burned a little too early, and he, he didn't get he didn't get the proper uh, aloe on it or something. I don't know to stay with the same analogy. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with that. I'd like to see it. His assist numbers were abysmal. He doesn't handle it well enough to play. Oh, his numbers were not good, and they were against bad playing teams. Dude, I mean, again, he did, it was like, he, oh, he did it again. He did it against Houston, or you know, uh, I don't know who else, anyone else in the American that would be good. I know there's East Carolina. East Carolina, <laughs> so it was, I know. I mean, how uh, good they were, but still, they were probably a, be- a step above. I mean, he had 12 <laughs> turnovers in successive games against UCF, ECU, and SMU. <laughs> SMU was decent the last trip, I remember right. I mean, not not that decent. Not tournament good. They were NIT good. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, it's still, I mean, I would have liked to have seen what he did against, you know, your exhibition game or your. Well, your he less. had four turnovers against St. Louis. St. Louis is pretty bad. Four turnovers against Georgia. He was Georgia one, was awful. He I was mean, one for 10 from the field and had two turnovers against Ole Miss. I mean, they didn't, they didn't not play any, like, scrub, scrub schools. I mean. Uh, let's see. Against uh, well, the first game of the year, he was good against Tennessee Tech. He had there's a positive 17 points. Okay, he had just two turnovers, um, four assists. All right, see in Tennessee Tech again. We're talking and about against, a 17-year-old kid. I mean, that's, that's against you gotta, North Carolina Central. He had four assists, or he had one assist and four turnovers. It's a, it's an up and down process. All I'm saying I'm is, doing this if he more, wants I'm these, trying, trying to defend him and watch we never even get him. And it's, I want it's him. Down, I, I want him here. I just don't want him to play point guard because he, he's much, much better off the ball. the The most consistent part of his game coming up was his outside shooting. It, I, I think, was hurt dramatically last year because point guards don't get the best shots on the on the floor. Like typically, no. you know, you're creating your he's own shot. It's going to happen off the bounce. Like that's why you have shooting guards. He's more of a catch and shoot guy, and playing off the ball with hopefully a dynamic L. Ellis next to him who can you know, penetrate and get help defenders to crash into the lane will hopefully get him good catch and shoot shots from the outside. Like that's, that's where his focus needs to be right now, because if he's going to be an NBA player, that's going to be his niche. And I know he wants to be this Kevin Durant ball handler creating for himself. Maybe you can get there. You're not there yet. And again, we don't know what he's been doing for the last month and a half. Maybe he's been working on this. I've got no idea, but from what we saw last year, that's where his focus should be. It should not be on running point because he did not do it effectively. I think I mean I, you know, like this is not a fact. Don't run the message words and put it on there. And if you do, put my put Mike's name on it. That yeah, the, the delay in the ex- picking a school I, I think really is that he is not 
getting the love of playing point guard from the schools, the few schools that have recruited him, and he probably is upset that he's not getting more schools coming after him. And he's going to play the I'll wait, let everyone else pick their schools, and then, you know what? People are going to be coming and begging me. I mean, if that's if that's a prerequisite for him to commit to your school, that he has to run point, like, he's not coming here. Cause he should go to Tennessee Tech. He should go to DePaul because they'll let, I mean, they'll let him do that if he wants to. Well, Eastern Michigan, I'm sure, would let him do what he wants to do. And there's, there's a bunch of schools that will probably let him do what he wants to do. I don't think Michigan's going to. Like, they've got enough coming back in their backcourt that they're not going to let that happen. Like, and that's the not other Michigan, that Eastern been, Michigan, though. I know, but I mean, yeah. Eastern Michigan apparently said they're not recruiting him. So, <laughs> uh, But Michigan, if they are back in the sweepstakes because they, you know, they lost uh, uh, Caleb Houston when they weren't expecting to, like – they're not. Caleb Houston was a small forward. They're not bringing Amani Bates in to replace him so he can run point. They're bringing him in to replace him so he can play small forward. I mean, how bad? The fact that Eastern Michigan wouldn't recruit him. I mean, that is or supposedly not recruited him. And that's. I mean, of all the things you can use as a reason of having a red flag for Amani Bates, that's got to be the biggest one to me. Because you're talking about a, a hometown kid who, regardless is met expectations or not, is probably going to increase your ticket sales by 20%, if not more, well, Yeah, at EMU, which is the most important thing to EMU. My take. guess is they, they said they're not recruiting him because they know that he's not serious about actually coming there. You're, you're, you're Coach Heath, so you have no, no pride anyway left in you, I'm sure. I mean, you'll do anything for anything. You should. You should be, if you're not at that point yet, then you might as well get out of coaching because you should be at that point in your career. I mean, just, yeah, I mean do it. I mean, I'd be... I'd be I watched. I told you I watched the the, uh, the Express movie a couple weeks ago for the first time ever, where they sent like Jim Brown to recruit him, and then they sent uh, him to recruit Floyd Little. Like if they're not sending Earl Boykins over to his house right now, love Earl Boykins. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I'm EMU, I mean, just emu, emu, you do it. I mean that that's got to be like you said. But they don't think he's a real threat. Who cares? They still recruit him, but they're not even going to try. Like what else better do they have to do? I, again, <laughs> I was like going to go after. Like, yeah, I, I think he, I mean, I said, like, I, I think that their thought process is he's not serious about going to EMU. So why even make an effort? I think that's where they are. Uh, Texture says, that's the point of a point guard. Excellent radio. Thank you. <laughs> Texture says, where did you work with PFT? He worked for us at SB Nation before he left for Barstool. Does he have a real name? Uh, yes. Are you allowed to say it? Eric. Is that all? I'm not, I mean, you can go, I'm sure you can find it. Like you I'm can Google sure. it, but yeah, he goes by PFT. I think people have doxed him a, a while back, but yeah, he was a good guy. What the, they did what to him? Doxing somebody is when you like reveal the identity of somebody who's online, like their actual real life personal identity or like where they live and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Never yeah. heard of it. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, five o'clock hours up. I want to talk about these most watched basketball games of the year. We got NBA finals game three tonight. More of your text at 502-414-1450 as well. It's the Mike Rutherford show. And hour number three is on the way next here on 1450, the big X. I'm not your boy toy I'm just a sexy boy Welcome in, 
5 o'clock hour of the Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. We've covered a lot of ground already, uh, namely turtles and Arby's and straws. Uh, but we have talked about other things as well. The uh, Courtney Ramey sweepstakes, it appears Louisville uh, is out, at least according to a report from On3.com, uh, which is saying Ramey is focused on going to Arizona. We talked about that. We talked about the basketball roster. We talked about the um, Imani Bates mystery, all of that good stuff going on. Uh, we haven't mentioned this yet. I want to get to these basketball TV ratings in just a second. But Javon Baker, I don't know if you remember the name, he was the, the wide receiver from Alabama that was all set to go to Kentucky. And then on Instagram, out of nowhere, He's seeing that he's seeing these reports that he didn't qualify at UK and he's no longer going to make it. And he gets on Instagram and he's like, "Why am I not going to UK?" And he's like, "Oh, the very next one, very next uh, part of his story." He's like, "I guess I'm not going to UK. They just told me I'm not going." So that was good news. We liked that he wasn't going to UK. We like keeping talented wide receivers away from Lexington. Today we find out where he is going, and unfortunately for us, it's Central Florida who we play in week two. So cool that he's not there, but he's now going and linking back up with a former cat, Joey Gatewood. Which makes me feel comfortable because Gatewood can't throw the ball. Gatewood was not great against He played like two, three plays last year and didn't do anything. You were going to say against us, against anybody. Well, that too, but against yeah. us specifically. he They basically brought him in last year as kind of a um, like running quarterback. Yeah. Like he would come in and you knew what was going to happen, and it wasn't all that effective, if I remember correctly. But No, you remember correctly. But I don't think – I mean, he's not going to be the starter this year. They, they you know, he, He'll be playing the same role. But um, Javon Baker – that is a big get for UCF, who continues to just stockpile all these Power 5 transfers. It's kind of become their new persona. Joey Gatewood will be forever famously known as the man who Nick Roush asked, with your name being Gatewood, would the opposite of that be called Finstile? He asked him that? And like, to his face. Roush. And then I think, I, I, I'm not, I can't confirm this, but I think it was- Intern within, Jenna's laughing. I think it was within like two hours of that question, he transferred to UCF. I mean, I, I'm not. Are you saying Nick Rouse sent Joey Gatewood away from Lexington, scared him away? <laughs> Quite possibly. He asked him. With, I mean, what a terrible! <laughs> I've never heard a worse question. <laughs> I, what, what's worse, the question or the his, his answer to his own question of <sighs> your opposite of your name that is Gatewood would be fence tile. I mean, I would cringe if like I can see uh, one of us saying that, just like talking about it off air. Actually saying that to the man's face is just <laughs> I mean, beyond. <laughs> Do you think Joey was like, I left Auburn for this? <laughs> what am I doing here? I mean, <laughs> At least Orlando's warm. I mean, why, why, I mean, why would you ask somebody opposite of their name? It's... Uh, <laughs> Oh, now, oh, God, Texter just sent in a, Google, a, a link to Google image search of turtles and straws. And yeah, no, it's don't. It's, Come on, no. we've, we've moved on. I, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to. I can't. Plus, I'm, again, I so-called BS on that. I think it was a stick. It's okay. It's I not. Just, like, people like, like there's like straws, like thousands and millions of straws floating through the ocean. Google image appears to indicate there are. There's too been, many. I haven't mean, heard one person be like, yeah, went down to... Went to the Atlantic Ocean on vacation. You're going to Hilton Head next week, next right? Next week, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I want you... You find me one straw floating in that ocean. <laughs> if I do, I'll take a picture and I'll text you. You do. I will, you know what? 
if you find, don't lie to me. Don't like buy a straw and be like, look what I found. I'm not going to pollute the ocean just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm on your side in this. We've already established. That. You do that, and I will. I will highly consider. Didn't say I'm doing it, but we'll highly consider going to paper straws. All right. Uh, every, but I got to get smaller cups. Every year, sucks. Trevor, there's this uh, this movement. It's been happening since we were kids in the '90s. It's been, it's been happening for the last <laughs> 20 years. Uh, certainly, since I was writing about college basketball, it seems to come up every single year. College basketball is dead. College basketball is on life support. College basketball was better when I was watching it in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, or the 90s. College basketball has been dying a slow death for what feels like my entire life. And then the reality is the season starts, and people like college basketball. And no. the, the NCAA tournament ratings are great. And, no. then, and then the offseason comes, and some minor rule change happens, and people start talking again about how college basketball is dead, and the one and done is going to kill it, or the NBA rule is going to kill it. If I asked you to name what you thought the most watched basketball game of 2022 so far is pro college high school G league, uh, Indiana high school, whatever you, you want. What would you say? What would your guess be? I would say the final four games on Saturday, if not the Monday night national championship, your second guess would be correct. Okay. I, I thought there might be like a trick to it. Like I could see the final four games on a Saturday, maybe being a little higher rated. The most watched basketball game of any sort, pro college, what have you, North Carolina, Kansas national title game, 17 million viewers. I was actually a little bit surprised that UNC Duke did not draw. I don't think even on ABC, the NBA Finals came near that. And that's on ABC. You're going to find out the answer to all your questions when we, when we talk. Because what wasn't the title game on, on TBS or TNT this year? We're going to okay. get to all of this. Sorry. Number two, North Carolina Duke. Saturday Final Four, 16.2 million viewers. That's a lot of people. Number three, North Carolina versus St. Peter's, 13.6 million viewers. What this tells me is the folks are clamoring for more Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference basketball. <laughs> they want Rick Pitino. They want the Siena Saints. They want the Iona Gales. They want the Ryder, whatever they are, Broncos, I think. And they want the St. Peter's Peacocks. They need them. Is that what Ryder's not the brothers of Broncos? I believe they're the Broncos. Huh. Okay. Now, once again, you put the seat of doubt on me. And I've got to I, think, the only two that, I think Ryder, I think that's where Ryder Perrin, the Broncos. Perrin Johnson was going to go there. Well, he would have been a Bronco. He would have been with Jason Thompson, former lottery pick. He, you're, that's the other thing that people think of. Yeah. Um, so, number four. So the top three games, all NCAA tournament games. Number four. All North Carolina at this point. All North Carolina games, too. Number four, NBA Finals game two. The most recent game, 11.9 million viewers, ABC. Yeah, again, yeah, that's Number five, a difference. Finals game one, 11.4 million viewers. Number six, Duke-Michigan State NCAA tournament, 11.2 million viewers. Number seven, Villanova-Kansas, 11.1 uh, million viewers. That was the uh, other Final Four game. Um after that, Duke, Arkansas, 10.3. And then after that is Purdue versus St. Peter's, 10.1. So all but two of those games are NCAA tournament games. And I did love the first. And they're both the NBA finals just recently. It's just no right. Western Conference, second round, third round. This is I love the, the very first argument that I saw from, I guess, you know, NBA people who like to just crap on colleges. What this all this shows is that you've got to be on a major network to get rankings. You've got to be on a, a cable network to get ratings. And that then quickly the- pointed out was – both of those, the top two games, the, both those final four games, the national title game and the UNC Duke semifinal, were on TBS. To say that you have to be on a cable network to get ratings might be the dumbest thing I've heard someone say. You do get, like, like every year, I mean, for instance, the ratings would have been bigger for both of those games if they were on CBS. Like, the ratings for the CBS. Drastically bigger. Like, that's, it's obvious. But <laughs> the NBA games are on ABC, and yes. they're getting massively outdrawn by the college games on TBS. On C- 11 million on ABC. I'm sorry, 16 million on TBS is 22 million on ABC. Yeah, we're talking 17 million for the national game. Do you know how many people have, 
if you have a television in your home of any kind, you have ABC. Cable, I know it sounds crazy to say, oh, man, what do you mean nobody, not everybody has cable? Not ever. I would say less than, what, maybe 60% of people in, in this country, maybe even closer to 50, don't have cable. They don't. I mean, it's it's the number. It's not even close. I'll also, I'll, I'll be curious because, like you, you mentioned, North Carolina is in the top three spots there. Every year when they do the most watched uh, regular season game, and I, I'm almost positive this year it was once again, it was the Duke Carolina um, Coach K, but I believe like something like 13 straight years, the most watched regular season game has been a Duke game. So, no, and, and like those typically outdraw the highest rated NBA regular season games in most of the oh, playoff imagine, games. Yeah. Which I also love. Like, Kentucky fans are like, Every year they do the ratings, and they're like, the, all the shows that Duke and Kentucky both move the needle. I'm like, well, no, it's it's Duke, and then you guys are like the third and fourth games. Like It's it's, it's like saying, like, North Carolina won a championship almost with Kansas this year. It's like, well, no, Kansas won, and North Carolina was. I mean, for those, the, 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 it has to be on a network. It has to be on cable to get ready. Did you not realize that the entire Western Conference was on TNT? Yeah. The entire Western Conference tournament well, that, outside of the playoffs was on TNT. But that's kind of their point. And they didn't pull it. I mean, what was their highest pull? Maybe four million? No, they probably pulled maybe five or six. I, don't know. I mean, they're trying to say, the, the, the NBA people are trying to argue that because, you know, the other games were on TNT yeah, and TBS. And they unfortunately walked right into a, you know, actually, well, actually moment <laughs> because the, the final four games were on TBS this year and they outdrew those NBA final games by wide, wide margins. So, I mean, NBA TV market's been, I mean, it's, it's, it's gone, it's, it's gotten better a little bit, but it does have its ebbs and flows more than any other sport, probably. The other pivot, and my guy, Mark Titus, called this before it even came out. He's like, he's like, watch this. He's like, all these people are going to start talking about how now show us the streaming numbers in China. It's huge in China. And sure enough, there's like 17 responses of like, okay, now what about the stream numbers? And also overseas numbers. NBA's big in China. I'm like, well, who cares? It, it I, don't, ma- I don't live in China. It ain't making up the, the, the difference. Because you know what you know what you can do then to say that? Look, add the stream numbers to that college basketball game too. Well, yeah, but I, I, I think that most <laughs> NBA does probably do better streaming numbers. But regardless, like my point is this. Great. Yeah, they're number one in China on the streaming. That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> that helps absolutely none when it comes to advertising, which is what makes the world go round in terms of... Also, I mean... My point is this, yeah. Trev. College basketball is not dead. No, it's, it's doing, never been dead. Doing okay. NIL, I think, is only going to help the product. You're going to have more returning stars in college basketball year after year. I know he's going to Kentucky, but we have the returning national player of the year back in the sport for the first time in a decade and a half. That's good we've got a returning all-american and drew timmy at gonzaga that people are going to freaking hate that's great we've got five of the top six scores coming back from a north carolina team that played the national title game that's pretty cool i think college basketball is going to continue to to do well and the the television numbers reflect that and even if it doesn't even if the rule changes piss people off everybody's gonna watch the ncaa tournament because it's the most exciting tournament in american sports yeah i mean it's it's, yeah college basketball is if you the ones who say college basketball ratings are dead are the same ones that say the NFL's falling off the top of the mountain. It, yeah, which every Not year close. they're going down. I'm like, I'm like, ninety one of the most a hundred most watched television shows for the past year were football games, NFL or college, and like seventy five of them were NFL. Like if it, if the NFL got like NBA numbers, they'd kill themselves. Well, they, yeah, they would just run out and the NFL like, of everything. jump off a cliff. It's king. <laughs> it is absolutely king of everything. Um, but again, like college basketball. Doing okay for itself. Hanging in there. Where's our MLB numbers at? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not depress ourselves anymore. (laughs) Go Reds. 
I mean, hockey numbers were up, though, I know, I've, I've, heard, I've read. The hockey hockey viewership was up this year, which is a good thing. Getting the ESPN contract, I think, is going to help the game significantly. Yeah. And having a big-time Stanley Cup Finals would be great, which, by the way, we'll have to wait a little bit longer for because the Rangers and Lightning are now tied at two after last Called night. Called to Tampa last night. But the Rangers being in a Stanley Cup... I didn't know the Cup, final until you just said it. The, the Rangers being in the Stanley Cup Final, I think, will help. I mean, it's, it's a big name. Oh, huge, yeah. You've got Rangers have a lot of you know sidewalk fans, I'm sure, across the country. And the Avalanche are the most exciting team in the sport. So even if you're not... like Even if they don't have the biggest fan base people are going to watch because they play such an exciting brand of, of the sport i think it'll be a great series i think it'll help significantly i mean the rangers alone i mean you're talking about the new york market i mean yeah. that combined with the fact like you said i mean when you you talk about to a novice fan or something the, most people who just know just as little about hockey as you can possibly know with just short of not knowing what a hockey stick is they know the new york rangers name they, they know that name do you see my guy, uh, you know, my buddy Dylan Lawson, hitting coach of the Yankees? They're 40 and 15. 40 and 15. It's like the sixth best start uh, through, I mean, through 55 games in the last 30 years. The Blue Jays are hot, too. We've won like nine, eight out of nine, nine out of 10, I believe. We won again last night against Kansas City, demolished them. And yet we're still like six games behind you all. He's, well, no, don't you all. I mean, I, oh, no, you all. No, you I'm rooting on. for Dylan. I, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I do find myself Yankee following fan. what the Yankees are doing. Did you I, see I, the uh, remember the movie The Bay when he gets sold the the old farmer is like damn Yankee? So I feel like you over there. <laughs> Did you see the? Uh, do you follow like the John Boy media who does all the baseball stuff on Twitter? Uh, the the guy from the Waldens? No, Jom J O M. Oh, <laughs> night, John Boy. <laughs> uh, he well, he's a good follower for baseball stuff, but he had a really cool video breaking down like the Yankees figuring out a a tell from uh, Tiger's pitcher a couple of days ago. And so we texted Dylan. We're like, did you find this out? Like, is this on you? And he's breaking it down. He's like, he's like, the Tigers actually have, like, he's like, they're sloppy as hell. They have five pitchers that we have tails on. Their catcher, who's Tucker Barnard, former Reds catcher, he's like, yeah. he's like, he's sloppy. He gives stuff away all the time. He's like, we typically don't have to use these tails that we, that we pick up until, unless it's a close game late. And he was like, actually, uh, Savarino picked that up himself during the game. Like, all this inside info. And I'm like, like, I talk to Trevor Kelsey for three hours every day. Like, <laughs> but my, you, my but job's did, suddenly not as cool did anymore. But you know, Dylan, that a straw of plastic he's stuck in a, in a turtle's nose? Let's say we shift the conversation to Arby's and see who has the inside track. Yeah, let's, come on. I no longer have the cool job in that tax group. Don't like, the Tigers suck anyway? Kind of. I mean, apparently the Yankees aren't the only one that picked up those tails. By the way, it's Reed Detmer's night for the Angels, who have uh, just fired Joe Madden yeah, yesterday. They uh, hired Phil Nevin, who, by the way, little here's a little, little trivia for you. The first number one pick to ever manage a, a, a MLB team. Good trivia. I like that. You like that. Yeah. Uh, Angels get rid of uh, Madden, who, of course, took the Cubs to the World Series. I mean, the Angels, are, I, I want them to be good, and I thought we were finally getting there. And then they lose 11 straight, and Mike Trout goes 0 for 26. Like, They've got the bet. They have like maybe the two best players in Major League Baseball, and they just they suck every year. It's unbelievable. Trout, mm, Joey Otani. Oh yeah, Otani, yeah. Um, they got Joe Adele. They got Reed Detmers. Like I want I mean, them to Otani, be good. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he was unanimous MVP level good, but I mean, well, he was. Yeah, that's questionable. Not really. It's I, a fact. I, I'm not. This, this may be embarrassing. I thought Mike Sosha was still their manager. <laughs> you thought Mike Sosha was still the Angels manager? <laughs> Well, it was, I saw Joe Madden got it was fired. Joe Madden. I was like, they fired Joe Madden. When the hell did they hire him? Like, what did he replace Socha? Um, I, maybe. <laughs> I mean, because Mike Socha was there forever. I thought. I, I I couldn't tell you. Mattingly's still with the Marlins, right? Who? Mattingly. Yes. He left. He got fired from the Dodgers because I knew I knew he went to the Dodgers and worked. That's Dave Roberts, right? Yes. Who's been there for this last recent great run they've had? 
Mike Sosa was the um, Angels manager through. I mean, okay, he basically Brad Usmus had one season between them. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but Sosa was there. Yeah, Sosa was from two thousand until twenty eighteen. Yeah, I mean that's understandable to think he was still there, right? Eighteen years. Yeah, not too bad. That's insane. It's eighteen years at a professional at this at this in this day and age to be at a, at a team that long. Speaking of the Marlins, I just, so I just had to do this. I had a Trevor moment where I just got sidetracked. Every time somebody brings up the Marlins and managers, I've like I always think about Jack McKeon, who I loved for the Reds, yeah. and I end up having to just Google search and make sure he's still alive. But like <laughs> I just want, like once a month, like make sure he's okay. He's ninety one now. He's still kicking. I would take him over David Bell. <laughs> Bring him back. He gets the manager now. Anyway. Is there is there any sport where the managers are like any are older than baseball? Oh, probably not. I mean, just look to I mean, history in general. Like you got you know, Sparky Anderson was like ninety eight years old in the in the dugout smoking cigarettes. You've got I mean, what's his name with the uh, the White Sox now? La Ru- uh Tony Larusso. Yeah, he's and he like ninety four. I don't think he's that old. I'm I'm pretty sure he's in his like hey eighties. Tony Larusa. He's gotta be. He's gotta be in his seventies. No, he looks like he's ninety four. He looks like a crib keeper oh, out I, there. He is seventy seven. Wow, man! I thought he was even younger. I thought he was way older. They need to fire him. He sucks. Well, it's because he has no idea what's going on he's in the world. Ruining all that good young. Is guy. baseball like the? And this Dylan Lawson will probably say no to this, but like, what what sport is the least impacted by its coach slash manager? NBA. I think so too. Yeah, MLB is probably right above it though. Right below, you mean? Right. Well, like NBA's last, and right above it would be MLB, in terms of least. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> All right. Um, that be below or above? I mean, or, yeah. Semantics. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton sex line. Texas Angels baseball and not wrestling. Shame on you, Mike. <laughs> Do we want to talk about wrestling? Just change the title of the show. This is the guy who always wants to text in and, and just refuses to stop asking wrestling questions for you. He said, Mike, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. AEW wrestling. Trevor, who's your pick to win the Battle Royale tonight? I only know who's in it. Oh, my God. That's on you. I, I'm, well, I don't think they've announced any names that's in it, really. And it's a big night. I don't know if you – well, of course, you watched it. because They're all big nights. Friday night, unfortunately, CM Punk, who just won the title at, at double or nothing. Uh, has a has an injury with I, I believe it's they haven't confirmed what it is but it seems to be maybe a foot injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. No oh, man. Uh, so he's. I get, saw the Cody Rhodes pec injury. Dude, have you seen that? As nuts. Insane. Nuts. I saw that. That he did an entire match with the, the pec torn completely off the bone. God bless him. That dude is a soldier. That, <laughs> that is a trooper, man. That was nuts. Um, and a good match nonetheless. Still, even with one arm. That was a, that was a fun match to watch. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, so CM Punk is out. He's going to. They're going to have an interim champion. Oh, not a, not a. It's uh, kind of like what UFC does. That seems dumb. Well, it's they don't want to just just because to take the belt off him because he's injured and kind of put it on just somebody for a few months. So, and when you look at the history of the lineage, it'll. I don't still, like that. If you're hurt, you should have to give it up. Yeah. So he will come back and wrestle who the interim champion for to see when he comes back to see who the ultimate champion is. I guess, but dumb. Nonetheless, they're having interim titles. So what they're doing is they're having a battle royal at the start of the show tonight, and then the winner of that battle royal in the main event will wrestle Moxley, and the winner of that match will go to the Forbidden Door pay per view and wrestle for the AEW Championship against more than likely Tanahashi. <coughs> Love Tanahashi. Yeah, the ace. When does Orange Cassidy get his shot? He might be in the battle. If he's coming back, he could beat it. He, I doubt he'll he's win He's my it. pick. He's winning. Him or Gang Girl? 
<laughs> Texas says, thank God I tuned in in time to catch the Heartbreak Kid theme music, Where Have I Been? Uh, you got your Triple H, too. Uh. Texas says, Mike used to have the cool job in the group, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I mean, when you take it to account, like, everybody else is some sort of accountant or something. Like, just... <laughs> Like all my friends, like whenever they, when my mom asked, like, what, like, what does Andrew do? What does Eric do? I'm like, I don't know, some business, like money, like they handle. He it. makes money. They make money. He's making his hand over fist money. That's all. Bleeping losers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can talk about sports. Now, mom, when can I get that check? <laughs> yeah, okay. Texture says Roush does more bad for UK than good. Ultimate d bag. How's he do? I mean, it's the UK fan. Why do they hate Roush? He's know. optimistic. Texas says, I mean, fence stone seems like way more obvious than fence tile. Come on, KRC boys. I mean, so opposite of gate is a fence to him. Like, that doesn't seem right. Isn't a gate and fence just a gate just a part of a fence, not the opposite? Yeah. And instead of wood, the opposite is tile? I mean, I would say metal is the opposite of wood, right? Not tile. I, my first instinct was stone. I'm kind of with Roush on that. Your person oh, I thought you said he was stoned. <laughs> I thought you just said. Well, did he say? Did he say tile or stone? He said tile. Okay, well then, I, I, then I'm with the texture. My first thought was stone. Okay, stone, stone or metal better is tile. Like who goes to tile is the opposite of wood. I don't know. What is the opposite of a gate? Is it be a door? Door wood. <laughs> Some things aren't meant to have opposites, and that's fine. Doorstone. <laughs> that, that would be his opposite name. Is doorstone. Texas says, even though Louisville is in the lead, are you concerned that Nike will give DJ Wagner under the table money so he goes to Kentucky? Well, they don't even have to do it under the table anymore. Yeah, really. I don't they were doing it under the table to begin with, were they? I mean, I, I think that like it does seem like Louisville's in the lead, I guess, but like, I'm not I'm certainly not throwing a parade yet. Like I don't John Calipari, the fact that there was even rumors about him hiring Dewan Wagner to his staff just goes to show how much he's going to try to make this thing happen. And when you take into account like you know, the buzz out there that Behind closed doors, Calipari still feels very confident about DJ Wagner, um, which has been out there a little bit. Like, yeah, like there's, I think there's still, in, until his name is signed on, the, signed on the dotted line, I think there still has to be concern that you're going to lose him to Kentucky. This is kind of what Kentucky has done since Calipari's got I mean, him. I almost want to see him in a jersey. I mean, we, I'm, I mean, Washington at one time thought getting Terrence Jones' name on the dotted line was all they needed to. I guess that's true. <laughs> um, Texas says door metal. <laughs> <laughs> I, is it the opposite of a gate door? I don't know. I don't know if door's opposite of a gate. It'd be like a <laughs> gate. I keep wanting to think it's Ghostbusters like Keymaster. <laughs> I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the keymaster. Uh Texas, how come it's the only these dumbass turtles getting plastic lodged in their orifices? Why don't we hear about humpback whales getting PVC drainage pipe from Home Depot getting lodged in their blowholes? Stupid turtles don't ruin Trev Strolls. <laughs> I, you know what? I just want to give a good amen to that texter. That's exactly right. I mean, I mean, other than golf balls caught in a, on a whale's blowhole, I mean, it's a hole in one. Is it a titleist? Straws don't kill turtles. Turtles kill turtles. I mean, <laughs> dumb turtles. The ocean's fault. I mean, why are they snorting straws to begin with? Somebody just sent me a picture of a, a turtle snorting a line off another turtle shell. I mean, it's... <laughs> I want that as my avatar. <laughs> oh, my God. How am I supposed to move on from that? <laughs> Texas says, Trevor, this beat is bubble gum, so you have to chew it. Can you can you teach us how to Dougie? That's the, the song. It's a that rap. the dance. Yes, yeah. it teach me how to Dougie. I ain't from Dallas, but I D-Town Boogie. I still can't remember what the name of that damn song was where they did the the, the wheelchair dance. 
Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. Is, are we sure it's not the sprain? No, that's that was still a good one. Texas says, you telling the story about AC usage in Italy came two weeks too late for me. Ooh, I was just there and called the front desk saying the thermostat wasn't working. Turns out it was working just fine, and they were not amused that my American self wanted the room at a cool 65 degrees, or more precisely, 18 Celsius. Cat daddy. Cat daddy. There you go. That's, that's great. <laughs> I just made the intern laugh. <laughs> that was the wheelchair song. Were you like this? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, he knows it. again. Yeah. No. Yes. It... <laughs> It was, it was a wheelchair song. When is this from? Like the 80s? When is it from? It's just a popular song. <laughs> well, not that. that when I was in like fifth grade. When would that be? What year? 2011. 2011. Okay. Yeah. I'm total blind spot. Like they look like they just came out like a hot topic sh- uh, shopping spree. And they're like they're doing the wheelchair dance. The guy's wearing a, a Ghostbuster shirt for God's sakes. Is the I mean, is the wheelchair <laughs> dance like, is that is that the preferred nomenclature, dude? I mean, if all the like the things to steal from white people don't steal hipster look that's just the worst thing to steal from us the cat daddy hip-hop dance there you go yeah i just typed in wheelchair rap wheelchair dance rap and i kid you not it's the very first thing that pops well up. there you go you weren't alone oh <laughs> uh, it's it's sung by the rejects is that r-e-j-3-c-t-z okay we, we can move on that's, that's, that's great <laughs> what the- the poor guy who told a story about Italy just completely. Oh yeah, you got cat it. daddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you went. To, you had. I'm sorry. You got to go to Italy and had a bad time. Boohoo. Okay. It's very hot. Yeah, it was very hot. But it's hot. Hotter than you think sorry, over there. Yeah. Just letting you know. My closest time to get in Italy is going to Pizza Hut. Okay, so suck it. Have you been out of the country, Trev? Uh, I've been to Canada. Okay. I went to Canada and, uh, the the right after the the Blue Jays second uh, first World Series title. That's right. You told that story. I went up there because when I went to is when I went to Detroit, so it'd have been in ninety two, uh, no ninety three. And because uh, I'm one of my favorite things, I wish I could still find it. Was I went to the McDonald's there? We took a tour of the Sky Dome, but didn't get the, the you know there wasn't any games going on. And I went to McDonald's and they, their giveaway was uh, packs of cards with the uh, uh, commemorative World Series uh, championship cards. And I well, mean, that's cool. I, I was like just going around to everybody, being like, "Can I get your cards? Can I get, I'll buy your cards." Like I wanted to have the whole set so badly. Like I'm just my mom's just like laughing at me. I'm like this, you know, thirteen year twelve year old kid walking around like, "Can I have your cards? Can I buy your cards?" I'm like begging the poor woman at the right. I'm like, "Like, eh, I'm about to give me your, I'm about to give me the cards." <laughs> uh, Texas, I got the burger today. I was impressed. Hashtag yeah. Wagyu boys for life. Wagyu boys, baby. You need to have that hashtag on your tweets. Ooh, Wagyu. <laughs> Throw up the W's. <laughs> uh, Texas says, KK is the Forrest Gump of Louisville Athletics. He's always in the background. He's always there. Yeah, he is. It's a good reference. He's always in the background. Um, okay. Uh, Texas says. I love it when you say, okay. It entices me to wonder what uh, is. You, can go, you go back and look. You've been texting a lot of the text line recently. It's great. Texas says, Maven called out Vince Tyrant a lot today. I loved it. Right. Is, he, is he really anti-Vince? I don't know. I mean, you I, are. I mean, I'm just. You well, hate Vince. Is the professional? Which again, I'm, it's not personal, Vince. I mean, you're a nice guy, I'm sure, but I just don't want you, you know, like handling any of my finances or running my businesses or being in charge of my athletic programs. Texas said I should be. I'm calling Dugan Wednesday. I should be allowed to call in and discuss wrestling. No, 
Not Why are you going to ask Dugan? I'm the one you need to talk to about that. You mean the, the phone people are the ones we need to talk to <laughs> well, about that? Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Texas says, uh, fun fact, former Dodgers and Yankees second baseman Steve Stacks was a robot and now lives in Amsterdam and hosts a hit TV show, the Steve Stacks uh, Robot Dance Party. I thought he was still in prison in Springfield. Is he? One of those two things. Either a robot hosting a dance party. Yeah, he was charged with like every unsolved murder in New York. Steve Sachs was? Yeah. Um, Come on, you don't get the Simpsons reference? Well, yeah, but I thought you meant he was really still in jail. No, he never went to prison. <laughs> I don't think he went to prison. I know this is, maybe it's because of it's his name, but I'm pretty sure he did play the sax. He, he was, was in a band, I believe. His nephew was seen on an episode of Intervention in 2015. His nephew? Oh, wow. The poor nephew is like, why am I in the Wikipedia page? Did that really warn and clear? It's the last line of his personal life section. Cares if his nephew was on Intervention. So his, his poor nephew's like, what the hell? Thanks, Uncle Steve. I had a less famous to get a, uncle. I'm trying to get nobody a job. would know about this. I'm trying to get hired over here, and I can't because they Google my name, and it comes up your Wikipedia page, Uncle Steve. Good lord. Um, Texas says, "Why are we dumping trash in the ocean?" Um, <laughs> when we got Indiana, there you go. I found the okay. <laughs> I knew there was a punchline coming. I just couldn't open the text. I was curious what it was. Yeah. Why are we dumping trash in the ocean when we got Indiana? Texas says the, the Trevor Kelsey show is fantastic today. <laughs> Take it over. Take says straws don't kill turtles. I do. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. <laughs> By the way, props to your shirt. You, you talked about me and the AW. You got the the West End chest today. Ooh. Shout out to the West End chest team. It's the West End chest. Club. Look at intern coming through with a Chick Fil A straw. All plastic, baby. Oh well, it's too late for you though. You don't have anything to drink, do you? No, I got a half a drink because the damn straw broke during the middle of it. <laughs> I'm like, did you know? I was like. Look at, this, look at this thing. It's like dented up. It's all soggy. Yeah. That's what happens. It's horrible. Look, I, right when you pulled that thing out, there again, again, right right when you pulled it out, I knew it was going to be an issue today. I saw you. I saw the look on your face. I saw it was the paper straw. You should have finished that sentence. Right as soon as you pulled it out, I knew this was going to suck. I know. <laughs> I mean, I knew I was leaving myself open. I still had to say it. There's no other way to phrase that. I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm doing. On a side note and a better, better, uh, more upbeat thing, did you get another episode of Stranger Things in last night? Almost. I've got like 25 minutes. Virginia woke up, had to go Almost. get her. Yeah. Uh, it's, it must, that sucks. Getting halfway through an episode is horrible. I was fading anyway. I, I've got like 25 minutes left. I'm into it though. I like the, I'm, a couple of my friends are kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know about this. It's darker. It's, uh, I'm not that. It is darker. Like first episode definitely sets the tone, but I'm into it. I, I like, so far I really like it, but I, I'm like you though. I'm, I, I know I'm going to be pissed off that I've got to wait when I get to the end. So I'm kind of like, I'm just trying to like savor this. I haven't looked this up to confirm it. I did. I thought I could swear I read somewhere where like this, the last two episodes were longer than normal. But uh, I was notified yesterday that if I don't say give him not only the shout out, but the right shout out, he'll probably get mad at me. Patrick Ryan uh, let me know that the, the like the, the second, the last episode is like two and a half hours long. Okay, I'm fine with that. I mean, that's, like, that's a movie. But why not just make it like four episodes? The, the, that's a good point. Exactly. You can find a stopping point, I'm sure. I mean, there's got to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have no problem stopping on a cliffhanger. Speaking of having to wait, I started the uh, season three of The Boys last night. I've heard good things, never watched it. I think you would like I know you don't like superhero stuff. but People have told me that a lot. You need to watch it. I'm trying to tell Dugan to watch it. Um, and I, I, kept, I kept trying to tell myself, don't start it, Trevor. Don't start it because... They're on the policy of they release the first three episodes, and then each one comes out on Friday every week after that. I've done a couple of shows like that, and I, I I think I've made it clear I hate having to wait for shows. Like, 
why Netflix? I mean, Netflix ingrained in my conscience of watching everything at once for so long, and now they're just taking away from me. So well, you so have no mean. patience anyway. You're only child. I I do. I have That's, no patience yeah. whatsoever. I don't. You admit that. And so, but I broke down last night and I started watching it, and I'm now I'm just so mad at myself because the first two episodes are just so off. I cannot describe to you the opening scene of the of the new the new season. I mean, it's. You, you think Stranger Things is dark? It looks like Sesame Street compared to this. <laughs> um, have you seen... I meant to ask you this the other day, because I, if I was aware of this, I'd forgotten it, but there's a, a League of Their Own series. Com- really? Coming to Amazon Prime. Like, very soon. Ooh, I don't know, I don't know if I'm... I on this. I don't, I don't, the previews don't look great. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I know... Speaking of call back to a texter one day asked me if I was going to see the Elvis movie. I watched the trailer for it. It looks like it sucks. I, it's, it the looks, reviews have been terrible. I, I imagine the, the trailer was horrible looking. I have no intention of watching that movie whatsoever. And I love Tom Hanks. Kind of a Tom Hanks reference there to you for you. Um, that said, I love A League of Their Own. It is... Great movie. I don't know if it's... I'd put it third amongst my baseball movies. Because I can't put it ahead of Bull Durham and ahead of Major League. And Although I love those two as well. But it's probably third and very close third. Tom Hanks, every scene he's in in that movie. I know it's a movie about women's baseball, but he steals the show. I mean, We're he's going to win. I mean, come on, ladies. Dozens and dozens of people have paid to see you play. I mean, just, <laughs> hey, Jimmy, you think if you're any more disgusting, we can pay you more? I can certainly use the money. I mean, it's just every scene in every scene he's in, it just steals, steals. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. That's good advice, kid. I mean, it's awesome. I don't know how I'm gonna feel. Is it gonna be? I don't. I don't know how I feel about this TV show. Rip. Doesn't look great. By yeah. the way, uh, J- Jack Del Rio has now put out a statement on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> it's not what Twitter is. Walking back the the, the dust up comment. <laughs> in what way? Uh, saying, <laughs> I made comments earlier today in referencing the attack that took place in the United States Capitol on January 6, twenty twenty one. Referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent, and I am sorry. He then says, I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the country, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just, <laughs> I mean, the dust-up. I mean, calling it a dust-up doesn't mean you're condemning violence, though. I mean, no, you're just downplaying the amount but, of violence. No, no, that's not what he's saying. He, he, he made other comments about, like, He's like they got the rioting. He's talking about the comments that he made about the riots across oh, okay. the country and all, all that right, stuff. Man. Like, yeah, he's yeah. I stand by peaceful protest. I fully support those. I love respect. Blah blah. blah. Basically, like, don't fire me over this, please. Where's he working? He's a coach. He's the, oh, is he coaching? I didn't. Is he assistant coach somewhere? No, he's the uh, what, what? He's with the Saints, isn't he? He's not the head coach. No, he's the. Well, isn't he the coordinator? I get, he might be. I didn't know. He was in front of the media today. He's uh, uh no Washington. That's right. He's the the Commanders. The he's the. Uh, defensive, defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, defensive coach. Okay. Yeah, I knew because today was the. I had no idea he was in coaching on staff. I did not know that. That's why I wasn't sure. Yeah, he's because uh, that was the big thing today. Is he did a press conference and they got he got asked about the. He's apparently had this job since twenty twenty. It looks like. There you go. Defensive he's like he's not even near the top of the ladder of like controversial things involving that franchise. That, it, he could he could just call it a dust up and a mis- misunderstanding and he still wouldn't crack the top three or four of that franchise. These people. Uh, I mean Dan Snyder's are to run him out on a rail. I mean that's Yeah, who's going to Jack Del Rio and they're like, you gotta apologize for this. It's like really? <laughs> this of course, I mean the thing is, is they're making Snyder. It wasn't until they mess he messed with their money. The the, the other owners oh, yeah. are like like insensitive? Yeah. 
sexual harassment. Yeah, par for the course. Yeah, that that, that, that comes. Yeah, it just comes with the, with the with the day to day operations of an NFL franchise, right? It's the NFL. You're not. You're, wait a minute. You, you held back on your money and our and our and our sharing pro. You're out of here, dude. Dude's got to fall. Got to go down. Got to go. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap the show. More of your texts at 502-414-1450. We'll preview tonight's uh, NBA Finals Game 3. Who will take the lead in the series as they head to Boston for the first time? All that coming your way as we wrap up the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450, The Big X. Try What to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. Still gets me excited. This is most wrestling fans know this, but did you know Degenerex was came off with just the cusp of a Bret Hart promo? Did not know he that. was just going. He was feuding with Shawn Michaels at the time. They famously hated each other, both on camera and off the camera. And he was mocking Bret. It was post the Sunny Days promo, is known as when he accused basically of Bret Hart for sleeping with Sunny, and he's said I'm not going to follow your degeneration acts and your degeneration oh. and uh, degenerate acts and your degenerate lifestyle and basically kept using that term and that's when they became degeneration X. fun wrestling facts with Trevor there Kelsey you there you go on your nice little facts on your way it's, it, wrestling is sometimes the best things are all created naturally without preparation people say that all the time say about me that's how I go into this radio show every day <laughs> Do you think I'm prepared to talk about turtles with straws up their noses for a two hours? Trevor actually has a like like a lengthy outline that he has. Like with a, it's like a flow chart that just precisely <laughs> navigates how he's going to handle every single show. Um, for a second there, I saw glittering behind you. I was like, is something on fire? There's a candle lit. I was like, oh my God, what's going on back there? A candle. So many little candle. Um, <laughs> I was like, I just saw the flicker. I'm like, is something burning back there? Hey, if that candle can smoke in here, why can't I? Uh, <laughs> uh, the Louisville baseball team, they have left. I don't know if they've arrived yet. I think they left a couple of hours ago for College Station. They did their final media se- uh, sessions today before leaving Louisville. We've got odds for the College World Series. This is via DraftKings. Tennessee, overwhelming favorite. The number one Shocking. overall seed to yeah. win this thing at plus 150. Where would you get? We got 16 teams left. Where do you think that Louisville is right now out of those 16 teams in terms of odds uh, for most likely to win the CWS? Well, nationally, they're ranked 12th, if I'm not mistaken. You're but correct. I would assume that they're probably maybe lowered. I'm going to say 14. 12. Yeah, well, it's not, that's just a clever number, right? No, but also, I mean, you know, some of the national seats ahead of them got eliminated. So it's not like if you're that's doing the, true. Yeah, I didn't think about if that. If you're doing yeah. this based on just the overall seeding before the tournament started, I think they'd be like 8th. Because I think uh, four of the seeds above them uh, have been eliminated, but they are twelfth. If you're wondering, for comparison's sake, Texas A&M is tied for the seventh choice uh, with North Carolina at plus sixteen hundred, mm-hmm. despite the fact that A&M is the the number five overall seed. There's some weird power rankings. Like I, I've seen, you know, they do this during the NCAA tournament on the basketball side. A lot of the college baseball writers have done the you know re-ranking the field with the mm-hmm. sixteen, and I've seen a lot of these these writers that have Louisville slightly ahead of Texas A&M. 
But regardless of where they have them, like almost nobody has A and M as like the number five overall team. Maybe it's because they were like they weren't supposed to be this good going into the season. They're one of the biggest overachievers, if not the biggest overachiever in college baseball, and people just still aren't fully, you know, believing in them. But nobody seems to believe that like AM is a legit threat to win a national title, which is rare for a team that's, you know, Number five seed did not lose a game in the regional. And an SEC school, nonetheless. And an SEC school. Um, but we will head down there again Friday, 8.30, first pitch for the the game one. You assume Jared Poland coming off of his uh, his worst start of the season against Michigan on Saturday. We'll get the ball. Hopefully he can give a, a quality start and those bats can get going and we can keep the the bubbles in College Station limited. Yeah, pop them bubbles. I'm already annoyed with It's here bubbles. to pop the bubbles. Uh, the bubbles. That should be, that should be like our motto on the, on the let's pop bubbles. We should <laughs> walk around with shirts to say bubble poppers. Uh, Apparently, by the way, you were talking about the cat daddy, which you played during the break. Yeah, because I wanted to hear. I was thinking about coming back to it, but there's too much cursing in it. I guess Kate Upton did a cat daddy video back in the day because we have like oh, five. Yes! We've got like five texts about it. That's right. I do remember that. Oh, that was an awesome video. I remember that now. I forgot that was the song she did it to where she's just like twerking. I guess it was twerking before twerking. I have no idea. Am I pronouncing twerking right? Yeah, you got it. Okay, just want to make sure. That this, I think love twerking, younger interns just laugh at me when I'm trying to make when I'm trying to sound like Satterfield on a recruiting trip out west. I think twerking actually may have predated the cat daddy. Was twerking or cat daddy first? I don't know what phrase was coined first. You know what I mean? Okay. I feel like twerking was like a big thing in like 08-09. I could be wrong about that. But see, I thought twerking was like when when like uh what's um What's her name? The the girl that went the Molly Cyrus. Molly Cyrus. Thank you. Uh, like I thought she's like that's when I first heard twerking, and that was in like I guess that was around the same time, eleven or twelve. It could have been a little bit after. So around I the same be, era. All that kind of it lumps together. I doubt she was, but it, the intern said she wasn't the first to do it, and I doubt she was. But I mean, that's the first I heard of it because I'm not you know the hippest person. There's this funny story. Uh, Dugan is very good friends with my cousin, and growing up, I thought that Dugan was a relative of Andre the Giant. <laughs> It's my favorite text of the day. Wow. Uh, for those that are picturing Dugan right now, that have never met him, he's not that big. I mean, he's I mean, he's a he's a tall dude. He's a big guy. I mean, he's not like that. He's not massive, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I want to know more about the story. <laughs> it's an odd conclusion to jump to. I got I to gotta get Dugan's story to tell you off the air. Texture says, <laughs> uh, has there been any update on the fake home run ball? Oh yeah, that's controversy behind that. I think people are unwilling to shame a like eight year old boy, so I think it's probably just going to die there. I don't. Not me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, just wants to call the kid out at the start of every show. I mean, the kid wants to lie. He's going to murder call him out. It's day five of Zach not apologizing, <laughs> coming clean. Five years later, every day on the show, Trevor's like, day six thousand two hundred and forty-two. You little snot booger! You tell me the truth or not? Texas, I keep my AC on 68 at home. AC is cheap. I'll become a paper straw manufacturer before I give up AC. I'm, I'm there with you. What do you keep your temperature house at? Uh, I think we're like 71 usually most days. I mean, it's amazing. I'm at 70. I'm like 73, 74. We, I figure uh, I would have to be the coldest being the biggest guy here. I mean. I go 70. Usually 72 during the day. We'll go 71 at night. But before we had kids, like we, I'm knocking that thing down to 68 before I'm going to sleep. But I never the room gets too cold. It's, it's, yeah. Even as a big guy who sweats and wants it cold, I never put it in the 60s. I mean, then again, I'm also the walk, one walk around in my underwear only, too. 
Or you're probably wearing like those, you know, clothes. Not that that like is that big a difference. In wearing clothes. Yeah, you got that big giant thick T-shirt on. <laughs> Texas Damian Lee's NBA career has been a disaster. The last time he's been impactful on the court was his senior year at Louisville, which was six years ago. Well, I mean, he, the fact he's on a roster. Nobody thought he was going to be on an NBA team. Yeah, the fact he's made a roster and made one to where he actually contributes sporadically, even at best. I mean, he averaged almost already eight. makes the fact his his pro career success. He averaged almost eight points per game for the best team in the NBA, the team that's, I mean, probably going to win the NBA title or worse, is going to be the NBA runner up. I don't know how you can term that a disaster when nobody thought he was ever going to make an NBA roster. I'd say he's he's done pretty well for himself. Yeah, he's he, yeah. I mean, he could have just done this his entire career. That's been what over how many years now? Uh, what like at least like four, four or five seasons. Okay. You, if even if that was just one season, yeah, it would, be it would have been a success because he the, played four seasons at Drexel, yeah. or three seasons at Drexel. I mean, yeah, I mean, I liked him when you watched him a little. I mean, you thought he had an NBA game, but I still didn't think he was going to make an NBA. And, and what you know what? If you want to be like, well, he only got his foot in the door because he's you know got something in Steph Curry's sister. That's fine. He's taking advantage of it. They got that might have got him in the door, but it, it sure as hell didn't. I mean, he kept he, he himself kept himself there. Of all the that's it himself. He kept, you yeah, got whatever, it. You're, yeah. you're good. Of all the Louisville players that I've like talked to on a personal level, he might be the nicest. Like the just most down to earth. That's why we had straight up back. nicest dude. I coached a radio show with him one day. He filled in. Was awesome at it. Like he's. I, I will be a fan for life. I was a fan, big fan anyway, but he yeah. I mean, he could not have handled himself better throughout all that stuff in 2016 when he easily could have been and probably should have been more pissed off than he was. Like He's just a very, very, very cool dude. Like The type of guy that you want the players to be like when you actually meet them in person. Uh, Texas says, Ying Yang Twins did whistle while you twerked back in 2000. Twerk came way sooner. Twerk some. <laughs> Ying Yang in this thing. I've heard of the Ying Yang Twins. I just couldn't tell you anything about them. Do you want to play the Whisper song one time? I don't know. Is Careless Whisper? Uh, most inappropriate first line of a song of all time. We'll put money on that. Of Careless Whisper? The Whisper song by the Ying Yang Twins. Oh, I have no clue. Is that the worst opening lyric ever? It's very dirty. How dirty? Pretty dirty. Texas says, yeah, Trevor, the knockoff Ant-Man opening scene scarred me. You'll have to tell Michael. Oh, no. Yeah, this person knows what I'm talking about. I have no idea. I mean, I I don't know a way to describe it without, like, I don't say spoiler, but I'm telling you, I can't do it on the air. I'll give it to you off the air. Maybe it's a slight spoiler, but by the time you actually watch the show, you'll probably have forgotten about it, even though I can't imagine anyone ever forgetting this story after they see it or hear it. People have thoughts about you still walking around in your underwear. Why? At your house. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when it's a shock, I mean. Texas, I will cut a B if they touch my thermostat and turns it up over 68 at night. Yeah, I, I, I'm very particular about the thermostat. 70 is the lowest I can get to now. I would go lower if I could, but Virginia's room gets way too cold. And I feel bad when I go in there in the middle of the night. It's like just completely frozen are you now looking up Ying Yang Twins this whisper isn't song? the song wait the whisper song this isn't bad uh you may not be looking at the same lyric that I'm thinking of then hey how you doing little mama no okay that's the song wait song by Ying Yang Twins this is the whisper song I'll, sh- I'll show you what I'm talking about in a second I mean I mean I think a few lyrics down is what you're maybe talking about I thought that was the the, the first or lyric, you sing though. mind if uh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Um, oh, no, I'm thinking of, I take it back. The song is David Banner Play. Wait a minute, how is that even in the same realm of possibility as the Whisper song? Because it's the, because they, it was the Whisper rap era. 
<laughs> so it's not just you're just talking about a like a, a, a form of rapping, not the actual name. Yeah, of the whisper song. rap. It was again. You were off the grid during the song. This was like 2003. Yeah, I don't think I missed much today. Well, no, but you can. <laughs> you can go ahead and look up David Banner play. All right, we're up against. We gotta get out of here a little bit early today. NBA Finals finally back after like five weeks or however long it's been. Game three tonight in Boston. Warriors on the road. Uh, ABC nine o'clock. Celtics are three and a half point favorites. TK, who you got? Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Oh, what was this question again? <laughs> Warriors, Celtics, who you got? Um, it's in Boston. I'm going to say Boston gets a win tonight. I'm going to say... Last win of the series, but they get a win tonight. I think Warriors win tonight. Boston gets game four. Warriors win the last two. That's what I'm saying. But I'll say they, they win tonight. Steph Curry goes off. This, this is the Steph Curry going absolutely nuts game where he solidifies himself as the, this is the year that he gets finals MVP. That's my prediction. There you go. You, you just read the lyric. It put, it put a smile on your face. I'm glad that you're happy. Shout out to David Banner. Shout out to everybody on the Thornton Sex Line. Uh, enjoy your Wednesday nights, everybody. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy whatever you're going to do. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, 3 o'clock, right here on 1450 The Big X.